Tonight is the night, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking it's a really slow news day, and it is. But there, but there is something that's happening that will make today the biggest news day, and that is whether or not Liz Cheney wins or loses her primary in the polls. She's expect, she's expected to to lose handily, but I'm not here to say one way or another because we really don't know. Speculation that Democrats are going to jump to the Republican Party so they can vote for her to sabotage the Republicans because they know Republicans ain't going to vote for her in the general. Maybe. Or maybe we will uh, see the end of the Cheney family reign. And uh, this, this, will, this will have a huge impact, you know, moving forward with Republicans should they win in the, in, in the midterms in November in the general what that means for Donald Trump, what that means for the for investigation. So we'll get into all that stuff. We've got a couple other really big stories. The FBI reportedly stopped a bunch of traffickers and rescued a bunch of kids. A lot of people on, on social media are saying two things. One, well, that's really good. Thank you very much, FBI. Yeah. And two, they really needed a win right now. So maybe they cleverly timed this one. So we'll get into that. Plus, uh, we'll talk about a bunch of other weird stuff, too. We've got to, while, while we're waiting for the results to come in and, and we'll see if they come in, um, you know, I, I suppose early enough for us to get them and then and then talk about it. But we'll be talking a lot about what's going on with the Republican Party, with Liz Cheney, with Kinzinger, and, and Alaska's also having their primary. And then we got some other stories too. We'll talk about the line city. You may have heard about this Saudi Arabia building this big linear city. Very weird. And Tesla's Optimus robot. Oh. Before we get started, head over to Timcast.com. And become members if you'd like to support our work. And you'll get access to the TimCast IRL Uncensored After Hours show. And let me just stress that last night's show was probably one of the spiciest. And it was so spicy, I was like, I don't know if we can even put this one up on iTunes. Because <laughs> we usually put one of the members only on iTunes on Sunday for the Uncensored show. But this one's about a dog that got monkeypox. <clears throat> and I'm going to leave it there for the sake of being family friendly. Yes. Uh, how did the dog get monkeypox? And where was the monkeypox located? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh-huh. Anyway, we just launched the uh, promo episode for Cast Castle, which Jack Posobiec is in. And there's a really, really funny bit. So you want to check that one out. And whoa, whoa. I, that's not a bit. It's real. It's totally it's real. It's totally, 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 totally real. Yes, it's, 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 absolutely. That's right. <laughs> we so, just, well, we had to say that for the script. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, yes. So <laughs> smash the like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. And, of course, Jack Posobiec is here. You know, when um, when you said uh, tonight is the night, I thought you were about to say tonight is the night when two become one. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, from Spice Girls? You don't <laughs> no. Know, you remember that one? Uh, nope. Not up on the Spice really? Girls. Really? Sorry, Really? Jack. Nobody? No. Chad, Chad, help me out on this one. Help me out on this one. Ginger Spice. But guys, no, um, Tim, I do have to apologize because I brought a hate symbol. Oh, don't. Here you, can't, you can't show that. No, I can't. No, I'm going. Well, I'm sorry. If you're taking off YouTube, I'm doing it. So I'm doing it. I got my hate symbol right here. Oh, my gosh. Right here. Belt fed prayers directly into the face of the demonic. Just, just, just boom, boom, boom. We can even get cruise. Nice we can one. get crew served up. This is rug, this is a rugged rosary. That's great. It's by Rugged Rosaries. Um, uh, Douglas rosary. Douglas Ernst. Just 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 for because set this up. Context, a lot of people don't. Yeah, know, yeah context. Uh, oh yeah, a couple outlets. Well, what context? It's a rosary. They it's said ro- symbol, rosaries are have been co-opted. No, the Atlantic. By, it was the Atlantic. The Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. They said rosaries were ad- uh, co-opted by extremists. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, yeah, um, yeah, that's 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 a new one to me. I mean, we we actually do funny like I mean not funny enough, but I mean. Uh, we do the rosary every day with, in my family. I do it with my boys. Um, that's just, we went over to Poland. We we're saying the rosary over in this, uh, this basilica that's near my family's, um, village where we're from. Sobic family, you know, village back home. So it's, yeah, it's, 
So you definitely. Admit it. So I admit it. Oh yeah. yeah. Put yeah. it this way: <laughs> if if that group of if you're living in a degenerate society that's controlled by people like that and they call you an extremist, then I say, yes, absolutely. Well, well we should definitely talk about yeah, this because this is, it's just so crazy. And, uh, well, thanks for, for coming, Jack. We also have Derek Harvey. Hey, good to be here, Tim, and good to be with my good friend Jack. Heck and yeah. uh, it's been a fun time this summer and looking forward to some good things coming up. Is, is that pillow story true? So, okay, do you, you no, Tim, I mentioned this before him, but I don't think Ian was in the room, so I'm going to have to bring this up. Ian, do you know about the the backstory between me and Derek? No, I'm going to need to know, though. Okay, so four <laughs> yeah. four years ago, sure. and you can see what's on the shelf right behind me, and, so and the cute. alpaca has been put to sleep That's true. by the, by the travel size my pillow. that, <laughs> believe it or not, and Derek, you can back me up on this, he was the first person to ever give me my first my pillow. Hundred percent true. Hundred percent. It's true. This. It's true. Right. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's not read too much into that. Well, yeah. no. It was, oh, right. your wife got it for us actually. Right. But right. It, in all seriousness, so the complimentary you, pillow. We purchased a few extra ones, and mm. and uh, Jack had said some things, and we thought. Oh, well, he he said he had a bad neck or something at the time. I did not say I had a bad neck. What are you talking about? Bad neck? What's this? I'm just imagining like the pillow slowly being handed to Jack and his eyes are glowing, like sparkling. He's like, so we gave it to you at the picnic or something, didn't we? He was at the picnic, yeah. Yeah. And then you got a taste of the comfort. I, I got. Like, I, I never got, looked I, back. I was. I. I've, I've never looked back, and now I, I see. I see pillows that are just substandard everywhere we, I go. You know, we have right? to do this for Cast Castle. Yes. The scene. As soon as you touch the pillow, it like the camera zooms into your eyes, and you see like eternity. <laughs> the truth. Exactly. Yeah. Pictures him like laying on a pillow, floating around in space. What's that? What's that thing? All from the a, secrets of the universe. What's that thing from Adult Swim? He's like, I've seen beyond the find the star. Oh, I don't know. It's just like of course, that. he was yeah. actually wondering what the heck is Derek giving me? Well, they come in. The pillows. They come in like a. It's 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 um it's tube wrapped it's it's sealed, and so it's and it's pressure wrapped. So when you get it, it's actually kind of rolled. This is not a commercial, no, by the not. way. This it's is really like not. actually yeah. a story. No, there's actually not. a story, right? So they're they're rolled, and I was like, what the heck? Did, why was my pillow rolled? And then he said, well, he said the thing about the dryers. You have to throw it in the dryer yeah. for like one spin. And then I was like, all right, fine, whatever. And I definitely left it in the bag for like six months and then didn't even think about it. And then finally we, I just said, eh, I'm going to give this a shot even one better. day. Now, now it's, now I'm imagining Jack gets the pill and doesn't care. And then it's like six months later, he goes into his basement and he, what's this? And he picks it up and it's glowing. Blows the gut. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <gasps> anyway, anyway, we'll, 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 we'll talk more. Derek, thanks the, for being the here. The rest is history, but it was, yeah. it was Derek. It was not Mike Lindell. It was right. Derek Harvey. Cool. You yeah. worked with uh, yeah. Devin Nunes. You've been on the show before and I think you recently won a primary. Yeah, I did in Washington County running for county commissioner, <laughs> Republican primary. And now it's up against the Democrats in the fall. Right on. That's awesome. Cool. What's chilling? Yeah, dude. What's county commissioner consist of? Well, we have oversight of a lot of programs in the county, uh, school budget, um, roads, highways, um, sewer and water, oh, zoning, wow. yeah. uh, just a lot of sheriff's department, law enforcement. That's great. About an $800 million a year budget. Oh, and, wow. um, you know, we're trying to protect the history and values and character of the county. It's a great place to live, and we like to keep it that way, mm. not become Loudoun County. Mm. Yes, all right, we got Lydia pressing buttons. I am pushing buttons in the corner, delighted to have these two gentlemen, this great minds trust. I'm stoked for the pillow the Apaca is sleeping on. We're mm-hmm. going on the news. Season. Let's jump to the first story from CNN. Liz Dun-dun-dun. Cheney faces referendum on her Trump oh. criticism. Just that in tough Wyoming primary. 
you know, I don't need to say too much based on this story. This is just the lead story. Harriet Hageman is polling way higher and uh, everybody expects Liz Cheney to be soundly defeated. And I'm seeing a lot of criticism because what are they, what are they calling her? A, a, a carpetbagger? Is that it? So, you know, she's not from there. She doesn't know the, the, mm. the, the community. Yeah. She comes from somewhere else. And then what she does is she, Wyoming is, th- th- this is why, I'll tell you, I think she's going to lose. A lot of people do. I don't want to jinx it. I don't know. Who knows what happens with Democrat crossover or whatever. But Wyoming is MAGA country. Quite literally, the number one most Trump supporting state in the union. Yes. And Liz Cheney is the number one TDS, Trump derangement syndrome politician. I don't understand what she thinks is happening and why she didn't just retire like Kinzinger did. I almost feel like it's a pride thing at this point. You know, it's, you know, this is our party and we want, you you know, and keep in mind, she thinks she's right. Right. She thinks she's wa- she's riding some wave of something that over time that the establishment will still be able to win. So the establishment can come back, defeat all of MAGA, tell all the deplorables to shut up, um, that she'll be able to go. She's all in. Right. She's all in. And whether that includes a presidential campaign in 24, which, oh, God, I hope she runs. Please, please, Liz, <laughs> yes. please run in 24. Please do this. I'd love to this. see her on a primary just, debate stage just, Trump. I mean, oh uh, come gosh, on, yes. right? Talk about a steel cage match. That this would be, I mean, it'd just be, uh, the ratings would be gold. You could but, the whole government off those But ratings. so the, the idea, though, is that with her dynasty, she comes from political royalty, right? This would, yeah. this is the Karl Rove, George, they're sort of like the offshoot of the George Bush dynasty. So mm. you can't, you can't talk about the Cheneys without talking about the Bushes. And that was the previous ruling class, the ruling family of the Republican Party. She's like Republican Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, she's like, no, I don't want to lose. I refuse. Me. But no, a lot of people miss that, you know, in, in those 2016 primaries, when people said, oh, it's going to be so hard for, for Trump to beat the Clintons, they're a dynasty, et cetera. Everybody forgets that he took out Jeb Bush very quickly. Yeah, but very, come on, very quickly. Jeb. Come on, Jeb. He put but again, an explanation. Cause that's how it, that's how it used to be though. It used to be that you could have, you could be a politician and you could represent Wyoming and then do absolutely nothing for your state. And it was a do nothing job. I mean, the fact that Dick Cheney and Liz Cheney were both representing Wyoming, name one thing they've actually done for their state ever. Mm. Right. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Please clap. They have good Please crypto clap. laws. Yeah. Does that have anything to do with them? No, not governor. Yeah, I'm a big advocate of not hating the child for the sins of the father. Dick no, Cheney. no, she's earned she's it. Done no, she's that's earned what it. I'm, that's what neither I'm am I. In which case, so we could talk about what she's done. Yeah. <laughs> so know? like, well, Dick Cheney, for instance, was vice president under George W. Bush. I yes. feel like he was a big part of why we got into the war in the Middle East. I don't know if I'm right or wrong about Just that. Just a little you might bit. Might know more, Derek. I mean, you were kind of <laughs> yeah. present for it. Well, I worked with Dick Cheney during the first Gulf War mm-hmm. when he was Secretary of Defense. And I worked with him off and on in 2003 to 2006, and I stayed in touch with him over the next decade. Um, definitely, a, you know, a neocon, uh, aggressive uh, war hawk, if you want to want to call it that. But Liz Cheney is cut from the same mold, and neither one of them focuses on the real threat to America, which seems to be right here at home with the weaponization of DOJ and FBI and the threats against our civil liberties and what China's doing domestically, they're, they don't seem to care. They're like looking outward for the problem? Outward for the problem, and, and they're part of the establishment. And in their bubble, they don't understand what's going on in America because they're not part of real America. 
It has always eluded me how exactly Liz Cheney got to be the representative for Wyoming. I was like, well, surely she's like representing Vermont or something. Well, that's where the family's from originally. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I was like, she in no way represents anything that's going on in Wyoming. She's no, she's not on any of the same wavelength. That's what I'm trying to say, though. That's how prior to 2016, that's how politics was. If you were the big name from a certain state. And you could pay enough money to be on TV. That was pretty much it. Well, that's why you Jeb, would win. That's why Jeb thought he could won, win by being Jeb. Yeah. And, and it's not the case. I think Jeb and also Hillary are really <laughs> great examples of this older generation completely unaware of what the internet was. Mm. No, seriously. Yeah. Hillary Clinton went to, where, where was she, like in Alabama? And she put on a Southern drawl. Right. Like, dude, people yeah. know what you sound like. You can't do this. But she just didn't realize. Jeb, please clap. He didn't wow. realize people were going to film that, put on the Cringe. internet. Absolutely. Well, I went to Jeb's uh, opening campaign uh, announcement and gala in Florida. My wife and I attended, and it was really shocking for him to come down and talk to everyone and lay out his vision, and he came out attacking the base, hmm. attacking the principles and values that reflected the average Republican voter talking about immigration and we need to love all these immigrants. We have room for them. We need to embrace them. When we were having massive problems along the border. Well, Donald Trump said, what did, what did he say? Let them all come legally. Mm-hmm. Legally. And I, he, he's right. That basically means, well, obviously you're not going to let 100 million people into your country overnight. They're all going to line up. You're going to say, fill out the form and let's figure out how we can help you and, and, and what we can do and if we can handle the the, the, the capacity. Make sure we're, we're helping people come here and thrive Instead, what we end up with Biden is basically a de facto open border where people are dying in the deserts. And I, and, and it was bad under Trump. It was, um, the, the apprehensions were really, really high, but this is what people need to understand. Under Donald Trump, the, um, was it apprehensions and what do they call it? Um, what's the, what's the word they use for when an ICE agent confronts? Gotaways? No, no. They call encounters. Like encounters. 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 Yeah. 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 I knew it was like some weird word. Like, what does it really mean? But, uh. You have to understand under Trump, it went, it went way up and everyone's like, Oh, look, it's, it's worse now. It's like, no, 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 no. This is what enforcement looks like. Good. Yeah. When Trump started enforcing this, you saw encounters increase, which means under Obama, they were ignoring it even worse. Mm -hmm. Now you got, Hey, I'll give the guy credit. Joe Biden actually wants to build the wall out in Arizona. They want to, they want to cover some gaps in Yuma. Well, did you see that thing on post Neal today with Savannah Hernandez? No, she's got a whistleblower from one of the federal contractors that's doing these these night flights and this guy comes forward totally anonymous and they've got the receipts on it where he's saying that oh yeah do we have kids he goes my office alone does two thousand to five thousand kids per week that they're flying around the country and that's out and there's four of these offices across the border that's crazy man and and all of it they're just flying and it's federally contracted And the sort, you know, the, the, they're, they're, we're told that they have sponsors, right? And they don't even know the vetting of the sponsors. The whole chain is broken. It's just too many people, right? It's too many people. We don't even have the actual abilities. And Derek, you know this better than me. Um, we don't even have their correct functions of government to be able to process that many people, let alone that many minors. There was that, that viral video that got leaked where, uh, it was one of these guys working on these flights who said if the American people knew what their government was doing, you know, there'd be like a revolt overnight or something yeah. like that. You remember that? It was it was uh, up in New York, I think. Yeah, that was they New were, York. They were trafficking kids. Mm-hmm. Let me just stress, it, it's been reported several times. The Biden administration is trafficking children. This is, it's crazy. 
And there, the big story broke when the, the trafficking was secretly filmed. They were bringing kids, uh, illegal immigrant children into Tennessee, I think it was. Was that what it was? The, the Tennessee, Tennessee GOP found out and they were super pissed off. A bunch of other videos came out, like the one in New York, where you've got these contractors being like, yup, working for the government, trafficking children. But when they get into a place like Knoxville, Tennessee, or some other city, it's churches and left-leaning democratic organizations that are funded by the government that pose as NGOs, non-government entities that are supposed to be doing these good works. And they're making profits, and it's a business, and the more of it, the better, and it's changing the demographics. And, you know, you got to follow the money, and it's a, it's a self-looking ice cream cone going on here. Yeah. So people are making money off of, off of bringing kids to churches? Is that what you're saying? To towns. The people are offloaded. They get funded by the government, the state and federal government. There's a ton of federal money in this. A ton okay. of federal money. And people are employed. And they take care of them, and they manage these people, and they help them with the transition, and it's a profession. What? What? I just, it just Liz Cheney really is astounding to me that she, she's she didn't look. Tons of these uh, established Republicans retired, and they've been retiring like crazy, realizing it's it's over. There's a there's a there's a MAGA wave of Republicans who care about this country that are starting to come in that, that want to see real change. I see the left making fun of Marjorie Taylor Greene. She says defund the FBI. And I'm like, don't you agree with her on that point? Like, you can make fun of her, I guess, but at least you can say that you agree with her on that point. They should be happy about the changes that are happening, at least to a certain degree. So to see Liz Cheney, I suppose you put it, you know, uh, right. You, you put it, you, you stated it correctly that she's refusing to let go. It's her party. She's like one of the last barnacles latched onto the holes the ship's leaving and she refuses to give up. But I, I'm just getting to this because while immigration is one of the most important issues for, for, for Americans, and there's constant news stories about the crisis, kids are dying in the desert. What is she doing? Donald Trump said mean things. Is that it? Is that what? You know, she, or, well, not only remarkable. that, but the, she, she's the head, uh, essentially the Republican head of the January 6th committee. Yeah, she's and, the one running it. Yeah. And she's basically the one running it, but there's no meaningful investigation. You know, where where are the text messages? Where, is the, where are the reports? What was going on with that pipe bomb? What was going on with... Why are there people in the crowd that we not to rehash everything? What was Nancy Pelosi right. doing? Yeah, what was Pelosi up to? Why didn't they use the PA public address system on the, on the Capitol grounds so, to warn so people? So many of these just... If you were conducting an actual investigation that you would want the answers to, because, of course, she doesn't want that. She's made this the face of her last hurrah. She wants to go down with the ship. And then this is playing to the MSNBC, CNN base of people who are out there, those suburban wine moms. And, <laughs> you know, you're you're like uh, it's, it's soccer mom, like the right. soccer moms in, in masks. And, you know, get your third booster, get your fourth booster. Did you see the next latest uh, Liz Cheney Can, hit? How, how long? After she loses, assuming she does, Before, until she gets an, a CNN or MSNBC yeah. contributorship. <laughs> it's already set up. I'm sure they're fighting over her. They're yeah. probably fighting over her right yep. now. Um, now, if she's smart, by the way, and it depends on how you how you run the money on this, what she would do is you, get, you do the Liz Cheney Foundation. So if she does the Liz Cheney Foundation, then you can go on both, and then she's going to say, oh, we're going to continue the investigation of Trump. Right. And then every time she goes on CNN or MSNBC, she gets asked for donations, and then later we'll find out how much uh, foreign governments are spending into this. It's going to be 2045. Yeah. Oh and we're going to be all moved beyond this, and she's going to be sitting in a rocking chair in her house with a bunch of cats being like, 
Donald Trump. But you understand that there's a group of people that there's a group of people out there, and this overlaps with sort of the um, the true crime fad that's going on right now, where it's it's just the let's get Trump TV show. And, right, the, and, right, and right. this is like season six and they don't even care what the underlying bit Didn't, is. It's just it, we got to go get him. Isn't the guy who produced the, the, the primetime show for the Democrats the from same, ABC? Yeah, he's the same guy who like yeah. shot down the Epstein story. Was yeah, that, this is a reality him? TV okay, show. Yeah. No, no, but just I just want to make sure I'm, I'm clear on that. That was the guy, right? Same producer. The same producer who, who blocked the Epstein story on eight, on, did the Dem- Democrats thing. It's kind of amazing how you like. We we need to start doing six degrees of Epstein. Yeah, we might not even we might not even need six. It's like two. Two. Okay, and the (laughs) judge the judge who signed off on it, uh, you know, on the warrant was the lawyer for Epstein's pilot and his lieutenants and there we go. Who and then tomorrow he's holding the hearing on the affidavit. Remember that uh, that uh, epic viral video from the Alex Jones trial. Where the lawyer is like, you're claiming yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. the government is involved with trafficking. And he goes like, oh, you mean like what the Epsteins did with Clinton or whatever? Like, like Jerry Epstein. And then the, <laughs> the, the thug life sunglasses come right. down. It, it doesn't matter what you say if a pair of 8-bit sunglasses appear on your face. That's right. Well, I just, I just think it's funny that we have known now, I think for a couple of years, that the Biden administration, well, a couple of years, like since last year, I guess, a year and a half, that the Biden administration has been trafficking children into the U.S., and then you get people who start saying things like, I think the government is involved in child trafficking. And they're like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. And it's like, did, did CNN reported this? Like, there's videos. Night of flights. Can, night flights. Night they, flights. They, they, they take these kids on the border, put them on planes, and they fly them all across yep. the country to random places. And then there were stories about, like, these kids going to these shelters. And the shelters are over, overwhelmed. And they're like, right. we don't know what to do with all these kids. Why are they being sent to us? Yeah, that's that's what the Biden administration is doing. Yeah, but if your world is only what you see on MSNBC in that alternate universe of reality, you know, what are they to believe? Yeah. I, I'm thinking a lot about desensitization lately. I was smelling something so stinky the other day that all of a sudden I like shook my head and I smelled nothing. I was like, it was so bad, my brain didn't even want me to understand experience it to perceive it so you were able to smell yourself i smelled yes i, sm- I think <laughs> I it was me chickens. too i think i was smelling <laughs> oh, was body. oh wow, wow. um yeah. and it's the same with like seeing some horrible violence and then the person's like i don't even remember what i saw kind of thing they people know that their government is involved in trafficking children around the country maybe even around the world i don't know how deep it goes but it's like so horrific that i think people are like their minds aren't well keep in mind that the epstein story was considered a conspiracy theory for years yeah and if you brought that up you were crazy you were nuts if you said that which we all knew that he was very close to the clintons he always to go around saying that he was one of the initial founders of the clinton global initiative and ties to you know harvard and bill gates all this other stuff right and so it was so crazy that people just couldn't they couldn't wrap their heads around it but then when all of that came out Suddenly, post Epstein, it's like, all right, if that were true, then what else could possibly be true? Let me, well, let me, the Russia hoax could be true. The COVID oh, issues right. could have been true. Yeah. I mean, all these things become conspiracy you mean Wuhan? theories. Oh, I yes, want to, I want to jump to this story here and give a shout out to the man, the myth, the legend, Alex Jones, because oh. uh, he was right about Epstein. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. That's right. He was, uh, he was right about Epstein. I remember when, uh, when the Epstein story broke, Joe Rogan was like, "Dude, Alex Jones was right." Yeah, and, and it's it's like it's crazy because Alex has gone on Joe's show and said really crazy stuff, chimeras, five G towers, whatever interdimensional beings, and then he says some of these other stories like the Epstein thing, and you're like you, people don't want to believe it, and it turns out to be true. We got this story from Bloomberg. 
Being thrown off social media was supposed to end Alex Jones's career. It made him even richer. I think this is an important story. For one, they admit, or at least they're asserting, they wanted Jones. It was supposed to. It says it right there in the headline. (laughs) It was supposed to (laughs) stop the spread of violence. Sorry, that's right. They just admit it. They just straight up admit we were trying to end his career. They said initially it was because he was promoting violence and they had to stop right. it for the safety. Now it's it was supposed to end his career. Now you've got in the in the court case against them, you had the the lawyer uh, for the family say, "Don't just punish him, destroy his platform, and make sure he can't rebuild it." Mm. But I think this is a big story. They claim that Alex Jones is worth a lot of money. Alex Jones has commented to me on the story saying that he does not, in fact, have this much money. He is not making this money this much money. They're bankrupt and he's broke. Look, I know he said that, but I kind of find it hard to believe that someone who's had such a powerful media empire would not have saved up money somewhere, set up trusts with his family or something. So maybe personally, yes, he is broke, but a lot of the, a lot of that wealth probably transferred out through various trusts or other, other, other ways to, you know, family members. There was a story in the New York Post that he transferred a portion of property to his wife or something. I don't know. The fact is, this story is a white pill. The fact that they are so desperate to stop Alex Jones and they can't. Yeah. It shows that, well, Alex, despite all of the, th- the things they've thrown at him and, the, and the, the, the damage they have caused to his business, he's persisted, he's survived, and he's been effective. The reason they're going after him is because he's one of the most effective supporters of Trump, or was, and that he's influential. This, all, I think at the same time, the, the white pill that they, I, I think the FBI going after Trump, that doesn't, it makes me a little bit pessimistic in terms of civil war. Take a drink, everybody. But it makes me actually yeah. optimistic in terms of the upcoming elections. Mm. They are so panicked about the, the influence of people like Jones, the influence of people like Trump, that they're desperately pulling moves like this. It's a whack-a-mole. They've been freaked out since 2007 when they realized that an internet video blogger on YouTube could rally 500,000 people to vote for whoever they want. Uh, the CNN got involved in 2007. We're like, we're going to do the CNN YouTube debates. All right, kids, all you super influential, new, famous young people that are way more powerful than we are. Let's create an authority so we can kind of make a semblance of controlling you. And so they did these lame ass YouTube debates with CNN where they like wouldn't. I tried to ask questions about the Federal Reserve and they like just would ignore of that. Course, and of like, course. No, no, we talk about Obama's favorite foods and things they, like that. Uh... They're in complete uh, hanging by a thread, the global financial market. I didn't know what globalists were. The liberal international economy. Yeah. That's right. it. The lie. I love it. But I remember back in the day, like I said back in the day, but 10 years ago, Obama <laughs> did the Reddit AMA. They asked me anything. It was like a big deal. Huge but, deal. But he only answered like, what, 10 questions? And right. they were very stocked, like, what would you do with tech, with healthcare? Bull. We're going to give more of that. We like it. What started changing is that I think people are sick of the obvious lies. Remember Deepwater Horizon? South Park made a, made a joke about how the, uh, the, the BP guy goes on TV and he goes, we're sorry. We're so sorry. We're sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> when, when that happens, does any reasonable person believe they're going to tell the truth? Does any sane person think that Jen Psaki or uh, you know, Jean-Pierre are going to come out and just be like totally honest with the American people. And for that matter, Spicer or uh, you know, Sarah Sanders, for instance. I don't expect any of them to come out and just blatantly tell me the truth about what's going on. Not a Republican, not a Democrat, not, not Trump's people. There's, there's obvious legitimate reasons why they can't tell you the truth, for good or bad. Right? 
we can't leak secrets if we have plans. We need to compartmentalize and make sure our plans are, you know, if we want to do something good, we can't just go out and, and explain exactly what we're doing. If I'm, for instance, going to be suing some, some organization, and I think it's a really good thing and it needs to happen. Well, coming out and explaining in detail what I'm doing just helps them and stops me from doing it. So for obvious reasons, you're just not getting the truth. But what happens is with people like Alex Jones, they feel authenticity. And that was a big shift. Whether Jones was right or wrong, you, 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 the, the dude believes what he's saying. Yeah. Oh, he's right. A lot of times. He, uh, he, he talked about the globalists in like 2005 and six. I was like, okay, I think he's being a little hyperbolic. He's being vague. What the heck is he even talking about? But now I find out that there's like multinational corporations where they have their headquarters in one country, but all their activity or a bulk of their activities in another country. They're basically tax evading. Uh, and that's a huge, I mean, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about, you know, he's talking about like World Economic Forum crap. Re- remember, uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching or listening to Alex Jones for a long time by chance. I don't know. But I, rem- I remember, so I've been on the internet my whole life. I remember the loose change virality moment where people were burning yeah. loose change and all of discs and like sharing them around with everybody. Well, so um, when I was in college, I remember that. Yeah, the Ron Paul revolution. Some, like, yeah, you would see like the loose change guys would be around. Yeah. I told this to Alex Jones uh, the first time he came on the show. I was like, I remember when you were ragging on real ID. Mm. When you were like, yeah, they passed this bill. Yeah. They're going to be federalizing IDs. This is what it means. And he was raising alarm bells about it and the potential problems. And what happens is we're frogs in a pot. The pot is boiling and we don't realize how much has really changed. But I remember now a few years ago, we go to the airport and there's all the signs everywhere. Get your real ID, update your IDs. Otherwise you're not compliant. So he was right about it. And he said it would do a bunch of things that it does because he was reading the news and reporting it accurately. Now we're in it. Real ID is here and nobody cares. Everyone's just like, oh, I got my ID, my ID updated, whatever. So he, he, he talks about the, the incrementalization. One small grain of sand at a time. And before you realize it, your whole world is different. Well, just think about this. You go to the store at Walmart or wherever. You make some purchases on your credit card. All that data is there. You go online again on Walmart and you look and you say, here's all the things you've been buying. Do you want any more of those? When the FBI wants data on you, they just send a letter to AT&T or to Walmart or to Chase Bank and they request that data. Yep. And they have your whole life right there. Your credit cards, your purchases, where you were at. Apparently, uh, the phone companies have been giving people's text messages mm. to, uh, to like the January 6th committee and stuff like that. Well, this came up also with Ring Camera that oh, wow. a lot the of the, that, yeah. so the, uh, the issue that came up was that police departments, ICE, other agencies were able to access Ring without the permission of the but like Derek's saying, just going to the company directly, and of course the companies are saying, "Hey, we're 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 trying to prevent crimes. What if there's a, um, you know, a, a child grabbing incident and we caught it on ring camera? You know, would you want to notify the authorities right away?" But then the question, of, and you could say, "Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's some utility to that, obviously." But then the question, of course, becomes, "How much are they watching? Are they do they know when you come in and out of your home? Do they know who's coming in and out of your home?" Well, what that's metadata, tracking? so yes, you know, yeah, that's and the they crazy all of it. The crazy thing about metadata, and this is, I think, it's been a while, but I'm pretty sure Brett Kavanaugh ruled in favor of the government's ability to use metadata as not as a violation of the Fourth Amendment. But I could be wrong about that. It's been a while since I was doing research in that regard. But the thing about metadata is, the argument is, when you walk outside your house, anyone can see you do it. Right. So that's not a right. You have no expectation of privacy. If the police are sitting in public and they watch you leave your home, they now know you left your home. Well, that's too bad. The argument was that with metadata, when you visit websites... You're not hiding yourself. 
you're not there's no there's no expectation of privacy when your computer sends a request out. Anyone who wants can see it. The problem is with metadata, it's not just about watching you leave your house. We watch your house. We can guess where you're going. Is he going to work? What time is it? Mm, I don't know. He's not going to work. Maybe he's going to get food. Where's he going to go? I don't know. With metadata, they can tell when you're going to poop. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. Yeah. There was a, an article about how Facebook accurately predicts when people have to make movements, as it were, because they have all of this metadata. They know when you put your phone down. They know when you're walking. They know when you're likely eating. They can calculate all this stuff. And now the government can easily get access to all of that. The one that I saw that was very similar to that was um, pregnancies mm-hmm. that they could yeah. base. Yeah. They could base based on your Google searches, based you know your I'm t- you know I have these symptoms. What's going on? And the case study that I, I remember reading was a girl had gotten some ads in the mail for you know like folic acid and basic pregnancy stuff from and coupons from the local Target because she was a frequent a shopper there. They knew she was pregnant before she did. And the dad is the one who saw it and said, <laughs> right. what? Yeah. And then he called and said, yeah. why are you sending my daughter? And they were like, it's oh, a, it was a do- right, yeah, it was right, a, right. The, it was like an algorithm that now I remember. she didn't know she was pregnant, but she was buying things yes. that they just knew. And so this big, was the pattern that led you yeah, to big brother uh-huh. knows big brother knows when you'll poop before you do. You know, what concerns me is we're talking about the Fourth Amendment rights and is it a violation of Fourth Amendment rights? But I think it's so far beyond American government at this point that we're, when we complain about what the American government, the United States American government is doing, it's kind of like just complaining about what one of the lieutenants is doing, because everyone, all these governments have the ability to scrape your metadata. It doesn't matter. They don't have the CCP doesn't have a Fourth Amendment to violate. They just right. can't do whatever they want. So the reality, it, it is harder in a certain sense for the CCP to get access to our data than the U.S. government because the U.S. government has authority over these organizations. Well, they just call it Barrick Swalwell. They just buy it. Yeah. So the CCP, through any one of the companies they control, can just buy the data. And then they know. Just, or, I want, it's part of the contract. It gives them access to it. And right. that's what we've seen in some of our investigations. Not only that, but let's talk about 23andMe and how much oh, of that is getting man. sourced by China. So I'll tell you. I'll tell you uh, why is it? Why do, why do you guys think Twenty Three and Me is that cheap? Mm. Come on, just they're selling. Harvesting. They're selling all that stuff. On I, the was, back end, all I was. I was. I was. I was at a party, and I'll keep this story as vague as possible. And I was talking to someone about. Um, Wait, Tim, you promised me you would never. Sh- <laughs> I was talking to somebody about COVID testing, and I said something like, "You know, the the, the problem with the mass testing is the concern that China is going to get access to this to this DNA information." And then someone else overheard. You know, basically it was like, oh, it's conspiracy. It's fake news. You know, you can't go around saying these things when people here pay attention to the news and knows what's going on. You're lying, blah, blah, blah. And I just took my phone. I pulled up the NPR article that says China is getting access to data through COVID <laughs> testing. And I just like, here you go. And they were like, uh, well, I'm like, dude, like I do this for a living, man. Right, 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 right. I'm not making these stories up. I'm reading the news. And that's this, that, that's, that's a lot for, uh, I would say the same is true for Alex Jones. I think the issue with Alex though is that he stretches things a little too far. And what I mean by that is atrazine was the big story, uh, interfering with the endocrine systems of frogs, and then he yells at turning the frogs That gay. was a big problem. They were turning them, they were making them hermaphroditic, meaning they right. had sex organs of the male and the female. They weren't gay, and he said that they were turning them gay. Like, the problem with Alex and is that, over time, is that he's also, he leans into the entertainment, the jokester, right, which is but, bad for no, a so journalist. Here's, okay, but explain this to me. Why does the Rachel Maddow standard not apply to Alex Jones? Mm. Oh, right. Why is it that when you, when, I forget who it was, but they were suing Rachel Maddow over this and 
they and then she came in and said well this is an opinion show everything everything i say is my opinion and the judge rules okay well then it's all covered well for alex i don't even care about legality stuff that's not what i meant when i was saying the problem i just am concerned like why why he's looked at as ridiculed by, as he has been by society because he does both the jokes and the news no, and you don't saying. know ripping which which. Rip, ripping so so this one thing that happened when he was being sued i think is that he claimed he was acting and then the, the left came out and they were like, this oh, he's admitting it. Seats. He's admitting yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And he was like, no, he does commercials. There's a commercial where he rips his shirt off and then sky, and then flies through the ceiling of his that building. That wasn't a commercial. He, he, right. That, yeah. That, he, he actually I've, did. Tim, I've he seen turned him do red. That. Yeah. Come on. I, I do want to shout out yeah. that, that ad where he's like, he redder. You, you know, the ones like before and after, but yeah, all that yeah, happens, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. red. Redder. Was that real? <laughs> I don't know. It was hilarious either way. My, like, my favorite one, it was the doctor. I forget who it was, but he, he, he takes the super male vitality and goes, I will now activate my muscles by doing push-ups. <laughs> and then he just like tears his shirt off and starts doing push-ups and he comes up and he's got, he's turned into like a werewolf. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> like, and then I mean, he says he's acting and then, yeah. you know, it, it's funny when I see it, I see, I talk to regular people or I see Facebook posts from a lot of these lefties. They don't know anything about the guy. They don't know. They don't know. They, they sit there blindly believing the lies. It's, it's, it's remarkable to me that after all of the lies, these people still don't wake up and it's, well, it's gotta be willful. Well, it's a double standard all the time we see with the media. You know, one standard for liberals, another standard for conservatives. But, you know, this, this issue that you're, you're touching on, I think, you know, strikes home to a lot of our listeners. Yeah. Well, and, and, and when I bring up Rachel Maddow, it's, it's not necessarily to, to point out that it's double standard in terms of the way society presents them. But now you've got a situation in the United States where you're creating, and, and Derek, you talk about this all the time, this two-tiered system of justice where one, one standard can apply to Alex Jones and you can ruin him and take away his entire career because he got a story wrong. But Rachel Maddow is perfectly fine to say whatever she wants because it's her opinion. We need parallel economies. So shout out to Dan Bongino's Parallel Economy. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Rumble and shout out to Public Square. Public Square. Love it. If love you guys Public haven't Square. downloaded Public Square, Public download SQ. it. Yeah. Public Square is uh, an app that shows you all the businesses that, that believe in your values and all that stuff. So we, I'm thinking about like, agree with you on the parallel, the parallelity that we do need, Ooh. like 2007 internet video. You could tell that the young video bloggers were taking control of society. What it does the government, the federal government, have that we don't? Like, if we were to create, like, just the keep, army, keep they have yeah, the army. Yeah. They have <laughs> no. like the tax code system. Eighty-seven thousand armed IRS agents who are trained to kill yeah. poor people. So it's all like military. It's all like guns and enforcement. They yeah. control like the enforcement. The stick. Stuff. They have the stick, and that's they is just like what the executive branch and Congress basically. You don't want to give that. I don't want to give that stuff to the populace. No, it's I not just the executive thing. branch and Congress. That's that's the problem, though. Is it supposed to be? the executive branch and Congress backstopped by the judiciary. But the problem with all of this is that you have an administrative state that has grown and become the fourth branch of government. That's who Liz Cheney is campaigning for. That's your MSNBC, your CNN plug-in right there. They're tied into academia. They're tied into the entire education system. They're tied into the defense industrial complex. This is that fourth branch of government that was never supposed to be. Do you think it's that we need it to no. exist within this global system no. of like totalitarian governments vying for control? 
Absolutely not. Then do you think it's like... I mean, we need... we You need a military, right? You need a military industry. You need industry to keep up with that military, sure. But the, the power should always be with the representatives. And you have a Congress that's completely abrogated that because most congressmen, or a lot of them, I'm not going to say all of them, but they would rather go raise money and hang out on the golf course and then do whatever the lobbyist wants. It's the rulemaking and enforcement mechanisms of... of EPA or Department of Education with new rules and executive orders on lots of different issues that affect our our kids going to school. It's the DOJ and FBI being immune from real oversight and control by the executive branch, the president, whether it was President Trump or whether it's Joe Biden who says, I don't know what's going on. No one's talked to me. By the way, we do have a little bit of breaking news on the Liz Cheney front. Oh, what if is you guys it? want it? Yeah. So Washington Post has a a sort of pr- they're they're setting the stage. So it's a sage setting article because we're about twenty minutes away from What's polls the, closing let me, here. Let me, let me pull it up. What's the title? Um, it is bracing for loss. Liz Cheney says primary is beginning of the battle. So what's going on here Six is that her ago. press her press team has has pumped this out. They want this to be the narrative. And even though she may not win, she's building her campaign into a nationwide movement to stop Donald Trump. Ah, uh, there it is. And there there it is. I'm telling you, that's exactly what this is. The the show must go on. The show must go on because the the stop Trump movement has become a proxy war of the establishment versus the people. And they have, they're using the avatar of Trump, the, the specter of Trump as the, you know, the great orange whale as a way to get you to, <laughs> to Derek's point, to sacrifice your civil liberties, to go after the political opposition, whether you're someone, and, and if you are someone who's an effective voice against uh, an actual opposition voice, by the way. I don't just mean, you know, arguing about one of the little things that they're, that they let you argue about. I mean, actually stepping up against the regime, they will strike you down. We just watched the show trial of Steve Bannon. Let, let, let me jump to the story, uh, from the New York Times. Alaska's voters will try out changes to primary and special elections. So. Horrible. They, they've got, uh, ranked choice voting. And, uh, well, they, they, they say voters in Alaska on Tuesday will test for the first time a new ranked choice system for a general election in a special race for the state's single house seat, and they will take part in the state's new open primary system, which was first deployed during a special house primary in June. That combination right there sounds like... Let's put it this way. We're not changing the elections. We're making it better. They changed the rules. (laughs) Open primaries, I think, are bad. I used to not understand why it mattered. Now I totally get it. Because Democrats can vote in the Republican primary to sabotage the Republican Party so that when it comes to the general, nobody wants to vote for the Republican. Like if the Democrats vote for Liz Cheney and she ends up winning, Republicans are going to be like, whatever. And then a Democrat wins Wyoming? That'd be that'd be crazy. Now we have ranked choice voting. I'm actually, I've been a fan of it for a while. But one thing interesting that comes up with the way they're doing it now to consider it is widely believed, or actually Jack was mentioning it just before the show, that this is going to help Murkowski maintain her seat. Do you want to That's explain? Right. Because in ranked choice voting, if someone doesn't break the threshold, then it then they start counting the second choice votes. And so this will end up – so if all of your MAGA vote, for example, is targeted to one candidate – 
and then they're never going to say the establishment candidate as number two, you'll, you will always see Democrats or soft conservatives, soft Republicans, uh, your one of fours or even your four of fours who are more establishment types. They will put Murkowski as their second choice. So she'll pick up a wider swath of voters. Meanwhile, a MAGA conservative is never going to say they want a Democrat as their second choice. But so, so in the, but we're in a primary right now. So people aren't voting for Democrat. They're voting for just the Republicans. Wouldn't they just be more? Well, does likely? it only apply to? Does it only apply to the primary? Well, no, no. But so here's my point. For now, wouldn't more people be like, okay, well, you know, this candidate's not likely going to win, but they're my first pick, and then I guess if I had to take Murkowski in, in, as my fifth choice, I would. And, and I feel like in a primary, it's open primary, which is the biggest risk. Right. If you if you do ranked like choice Joe voting, Ken. yeah, you're going to get all the populists being like, man, I really would prefer this guy right here. They might think he's not going to win, so I can't vote for him. With ranked choice voting, they'll be like, yeah, I'll, t- I'll, I'll give him my first choice. I, I, and look, Project Veritas and R.C. Maxwell, the great journalist over there, did a whole piece on this, how it was Murkowski staffers that actually left her campaign and then stood up this other organization to push through ranked choice voting because she, as a candidate, right, couldn't directly get behind it. And then after it went in, they went back to the campaign. So the idea is in the general election, what will happen is Republicans will say – I guess I'll vote for Murkowski, and my second choice are going to be these other, you know, candidates, write-ins, or maybe you know, MAGA people. But the Democrats will put Murkowski as their fifth choice. Right. So when all of their people lose, if Murkowski's in the lead, she's going to get all the Democrat votes along with the the, the establishment votes. So it makes it impossible for. The Republicans to get in populists, basically. Look, and, and I've said this before, and I, I don't think Yang has it right. You know, if you're going to start a third party, a real third party in this country, you have to do it within the party structure that's already existing. And there is a third party in this country, and it's called MAGA. That is a third party. It just happens to be inside the Republican Party. Yeah. I mean, you've got the, the left Bernie party or whatever inside the Democrat party. One of the things that's happening across the country in the Republican party is there are so many new people getting involved. You know, homemakers and small business people that are deciding. Precinct project. The precinct project, that's absolutely right. And small groups picking up Patriot Moms, uh, um, voices of Washington County or voices of this county. People are getting involved and they are get, going to school board meetings, but Many are deciding to run for these obscure offices because they all matter. And that's the building block of that future party, Jack. Yeah. And these are almost all very conservative, principled, valued people that supported Donald Trump. When people get into local offices like you're talking about, is it the kind of thing where they have to quit their, their day gig? Uh, not, or usually. Can they, not usually. Not yeah. usually. Not for local offices. So no. how, do, how does that work, right? So you're, you're, you just won the primary for county commissioner. Is that right? Yes, and I'm going up against a Democrat in the fall. And if I do get elected in the fall, it, technically it's a part-time job. But mm. it, it's a full-time demanding job if you're going to do your job correctly. It, it does pay a salary of about $38,000 a year. Whoa. But you're voting and managing a budget of nearly $800 million across the board for the county. Wow. So it takes a full-time effort to go to meetings, to go to commissions, you know, there's a couple dozen commissions that are, you know, elderly commission, there's the women's commission, there's zoning, water commissions, those things that you have to be aware of what's going on. And lots of issues are coming forward. And you're, and you're trying to get the job to manage $800 million 
for a thirty thousand dollars salary. This is the challenge of politics right That's now. That is hard. that is an insane. I could not imagine trying to manage manage, uh, manage a budget like that, and you effectively have uh, have to do it for free. You have to really, really want that job. You got to care about your county, your hometown, the future of your kids. Yeah. Or well, or throw it away and just make sure that some of that millions goes to people you know. I mean, I was no, I was just going to say that that yeah, you're exactly right. That in on the flip side of this, for people that aren't maybe uh, already independently wealthy or have a you know a stable career outside of this, that that's where that's where bribery and that's where money comes yeah. in because they'll say, hey, you know, sign off in the zoning board for us. This happened uh, in my hometown with um, you know, we lost a golf course to out to a hospital that nobody wanted. And the, the, this was, this wasn't county level. This was, um, township level. And they went, the, the company went in and just bankrolled a couple of Democrats that wanted, that were vote for the hospital and then got them on board. Boom. Golf course yep. gone, hospital in, there you go. And, and that's it. That's the way the system works. We, I, said, re- I remember when I was uh, younger, I noticed that all these skate parks that were popping up were garbage, just like the worst. And I just didn't understand why. I was like, why are they so bad? Because they're the X Games. They obviously have good ramps. Why aren't those companies making it? Yeah. There was a, a community meeting in one of the neighborhoods where a local construction company was like, "It's going to cost you know half a million dollars to build this park." And then, as the story goes, some guy grabbed his phone and put on speaker one of the big top tier companies that makes all the big parks, and they said, "We can do this for a hundred. That's ridiculous." But the city still went with the guy who said five hundred. What I was told was that in many of these circumstances in the city. The people who build skate parks have no idea how to build them, but they're the lobbyists. They're the companies that fund mm-hmm. the local politicians. So when they come, they call up and say, look, I need a favor. You got the budget to build it. We can build it. Do, you know, go with us. You know, we support you. Say, okay, fine. What's the harm? It's a construction company. They know how to build a skate park. We'll go with them. They're here anyway. Then what happens? They don't know how to build a park. Skate parks are very specific and you get dangerous garbage parks. And you're wondering why, man, I got to tell you, they built this one park that uh, they built the dimensions of the bowl wrong. So a bowl is like a, it's like a, like a pool, right? You've got multiple, you know, transition ramps that go around an edge and they built them so compact and tight. One guy, I remember I was skating, did not know it was built wrong. And if you've been skating, you know, most ramps usually are built correctly. So you just ride around and you know how to make your moves. And he went up to carve between these two walls and they were built like a 90 like like it was like a like a wall and he slammed into it bashed his skull and was left bloody in the ground that is because and this is what i'm told the city decided to go with a crony over an actual construction company that's what happens with cronyism you're saying like when with regarding cronyism so like they'll say a corporation will be like we're going to fund these democrats to make sure that our skate park gets built so if you were the county commissioner would there be other people on the commission with yeah, you voting it's, it's a five-person commission and it's a majority vote that will make the determination on a budget or an issue of a purchase for the sheriff's department like new equipment or for the fire department because it's fire it's fire and rescue ems sheriff's department those are all under the county if you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. And your role would be one of five, basically? One of five. 
So how does that how does that work when people vote? Like it says vote for five co- kind of commissioners and it's a big list. Right. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck. You're running, so you're, 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 are you, you're, but you're not just up against one Democrat, then, are you? You're no, no. There's multiple Democrats. So, yeah. and you're up, in, in some ways, you could say you're up against other Republicans, right? Because it's it's a food fight at that point. So, is it top yeah. five? It's it's a it's a top five, and you know, in Washington County, Tim, as you know, it's a heavily Republican. It was a Trump county by about sixty-one percent. MAGA country. MAGA country. Yep. Yeah. And you know, we've got people that really care about their their county and the future here, and we've got a great slate of good candidates across the board. But then in. Um I just remember from back home, my county was, uh, you, you would have to, you have to have certain number of minority seats. No, there is no requirement for any identity politics. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Washington County sent a letter requesting to secede from Maryland to join West Virginia. Yes, they did. <laughs> What's the percentage chance yes, that Tim, that letter happen? was sent and received. Is and that like that. actually on the table? Is that <laughs> I mean, it, it, there was it was like three counties, right? Western right, Maryland. Right. Well, I, I find the the succession idea it, to be a, a major distraction from our ability to actually work on the hard issues that we have an opportunity to make progress on. But be- did, did you see the, uh, the the district change with the new census? Yes. They yeah. w- by by cutting out uh, basically what 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 was it? They they had uh, the Frederick suburbs in. The, the the Western uh, Maryland Congressional District? Well, the Congressional District for Western Maryland is the sixth congressional district, and we got David Trone running against Neil Parrott in, for the um, uh, congressional seat here. And, by the way, David Trone does not live within the district. Right. Okay, And you're allowed to do that? You're allowed to do that here. Yeah. Okay. And the other issue is, you know, the gerrymandering was challenged in court, and it came out a little bit better for Republicans because of the court cases brought by Neil Parrott and others. So, but we do have... It's people, like a Republican district now. It wasn't... No, def- it's, it's still a majority Democrat district oh, wow. because we've got parts of the D.C. suburbs as part of this district that represents all the way out to the very end of, of Western Maryland. Wow, really? So, very dissimilar areas. Wow, this is CD uh, Maryland... Six. CD6 Maryland, Maryland 6th Congressional District. Yeah, Oh, yeah. It's uh, D plus one. Wow, that's crazy. But and it's a much, is, much better opportunity, and it is looked at as a very competitive race that the Republicans can flip this year. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, it's it's changed. Oh. It's still D plus one, but moving forward, they've included Frederick in... Oh, wow. That's, that, that's just crazy to me. I mean, you've got people who live in the panhandle of Maryland who are... I mean, it's MAGA country. I, I go driving out there. It is all MAGA country. It, it's 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 basically West Virginia. It's rural, yet they are are in a, what's basically a DC suburb. We've got Montgomery of, County as part of part of this yep. district. So. Wow! You guys mentioned That's MAGA massive. multiple times. Say the word MAGA has come up, and Jack even mentioned earlier that it was oh, I'll, I'll ask Jack's back. MAGA. So. Yeah, that there is a third political party in the United States. It's MAGA. But it's just in the Republican Party. So why don't they break ranks and start another political party called MAGA? And just, why, why would they? Because why? people. The reason I've heard in the past is because it. No, they need the money. They need that Republican money. But no, they need, no, they don't. They need fame. They need popularity. So no, why don't it's they? It's infrastructure. Yeah. What does that mean? It's it's the infrastructure of what nine thousand different municipalities across the entire country. That do what exactly? That do everything that he's talking about from the ground up. It's, it's, it's county, county commission, not county commissioners, but 
you know, Washington County in Maryland, you've got a central committee, Republicans that help organize, recruit, develop precinct captains, recruit precinct leaders to register voters. All of that infrastructure is gradually being taken over by MAGA. Yes. So if I went to a I'm, county. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, I, 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 I have right to now. issue a correction. It's nuclear ultra MAGA. Nuclear yeah. ultra MAGA. Yeah. Thank you. Nuclear yeah, ultra MAGA. Nutri- if nuclear, I so if wait, I went wait 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 <laughs> with 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 the side infusion of of extremist rosary. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Not, yes. not just not just the rosary, infused, but infused. the Gadsden flag and oh, you know, yeah, Betsy yeah, Ross yeah, flag, right. the Gonzalez flag. Yeah. So if I went to I love that story. By the way, the story of the Gonzalez flag. That's crazy. You know the story is. They, they, it was a small. It was a, the, the colony of Gonzales. They had one, they they requested armaments. They got one cannon, and then the Mexican <laughs> colonels or whatever showed up and said, "Give us your cannon." And they were like, "No, come and take it." And they held up a flag with their one little cannon on it. Like, come drew and a take picture it. of it. I it's amazing. It. So great. That's all it was. My, if I went to a county with my with my you know Gazden flag wrapped around me, and I was like, "I'm an ultra mega nuclear candidate." I want to run. They'd be like, we don't have the infrastructure for you because it's all Republican. Like, what I don't, What yes. would be the difference exactly? Like, how would I have a hard time getting on the ballot? What would be different? Because I'm making YouTube videos. I got 100 million people that follow me on YouTube. Say, for the say, like, do you remember when we, when we talked with the Mises Caucus guys and they're talking about the Libertarian Party and the, and the pragmatists and then the Mises guys come in, basically took the party over? You've got a party. There are people in it who have ideals. So basically what ends up happening is... There's a monopoly on the political on the political infrastructure between Democrats and Republicans, and it's it's going to be impossible for you to compete with you know you're, you're trying to open a, a coffee shop next to a Starbucks. Good luck, bro. They got all the they could subsidize everything. Democrats can take money from wealthy districts, send it over to your district, and flood the zone so you can't possibly win but unless je- you've got a comparably large. So instead of opening a coffee shop, you franchise a coffee bean to open up next to Starbucks, and you got to give some of your profits. And so, yeah, but now you're going to do things the way you want to do it. It's all money. It's all money. So it's, it's not just money. It's infrastructure. But it's, it's also because the United States has a winner take all system and not proportional representation. Right. And yeah. so this is why you see more multi-party coalitions in Europe or, um, in just different, uh, different parts of the world that have proportional representation but, because then you can have, uh, if a certain amount of people in the country vote for that party, then they can get on the ballot. That's closer but, to what you're talking about. So, so Ian, it's actually really, really simple. There is a third party, the way Jack describes it. But what happens is you've got Republicans. Republicans overwhelmingly share similar values. One day someone comes up and says, hey, we all kind of agree that immigration is an issue. Why don't we put that on our agenda list to fix the border? Established Republicans are like, no, that's bad for my lobbyists. It's bad for my corporate donors or whatever, or I don't agree with it. But one day you wake up to find that 60% of your party agrees we should secure the border. All of a sudden now you're seeing a new, a, a change of the candidate's style and, and, and the way they talk and the, and the ideas they promote because they have a higher priority on issues that their party already kind of cares about. Like, are they getting marching orders? They're like, hey, now 60% of the head of the RNC no. wants this. So then they what, send. It, it's, 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 it's also new generation. A new generation entered the political, uh, entered the Republican party. And if you look at, you know, someone like me, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. I voted in 2020. But I, I came from the internet, the internet position of like the hacker culture and freedom and liberty and anarchy and things like that. So when you're getting all these Ron Paul young people that grew up on the internet, they're not going to be Democrats. They're going to be Republicans. And then when, when they start running, you'll see a Ron DeSantis and the party starts changing. And when, if you go back historically, just for comparison purposes, 
you know, in the late 1950s and early 60s, you know, the Republican Party, you know, after Eisenhower went into the dark ages and, you know, minority in, in the House of Representatives, you know, we had Democratic presidents, but we had a revolution within the Republican Party. It started with conservative writers and thinkers. It led to Barry Goldwater running. He lost really badly. But it provided the seed corn for what became Ronald Reagan and the Ronald Reagan Revolution. It took 20 years. But they took over the party from the establishment. We're going through the same metamorphosis here, in my judgment. Well, keep in mind that people always talk about, you know, the Barry Water Goldberg getting blown out. But that's also because that was one year after... Uh, the JFK assassination. And I think that had a lot more to do with it than his, any specific ideology. Um, just, just to kind of throw that out there. But as Tim and I were talking about early on Twitter today, this is why there is an opening in the 2024 race for none other than Ron Paul. Get him in there. Yeah. Trump, Ron Paul, 2024. Why, why Trump? Why not? Why not? Well, because, all right. Motto. So, <laughs> because not? remember, Trump How, isn't, I, I mean, I'm a fan, but isn't Ron like 90? 80, I think 83, yeah, something, 88, old. maybe. Really? No, because here's, all right, here's my thinking. Here's my thinking. And, and people are saying, oh, Trump wants a woman. Trump wants uh, this. 86. Okay. Um, why not, you know, why not choose someone younger, set them up? Hold on though. Hold on. All right. All right. Let me, let me, let me give the, the pitch here. Trump can only have one term left. So this isn't going to be someone who's got a two term presidency. And me, I'm looking at it from the perspective of, you know, and I'm just kind of playing out the argument. I'm not like actually saying we need to do this. Um, but we want somebody who's going to get in there and actually clean things up. And wouldn't that be more interesting if you knew that the person on your team also wasn't considering having a future career go yeah. on to do more in politics yeah. that you could bring a guy in who wasn't worried about the future because, um, you know, he's pretty much at the end of his career to begin with. And go in and actually clean house. I mean, yes, I would absolutely take a Ron Paul government over 99.9% of any of these politicians. So, sure. It's not a bad idea. Rand Paul as well. I'm just imagining Ron getting in and being like, oh, the first thing I'm going to do is end the Fed. And then Trump's like, whatever you say, Ron, and then everyone cheers and Ian has a party. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and? <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah, it'd be great. I'm concerned about this Abolish it. Don't audit it. Abolish it. I would like to talk to Ron before I before I decide because 86 concerns me. 86 is that what it was? 86. It, yeah, it but, is 86. But, but as VP, I mean, look, but I think it's, Trump v, is old it's too. VP, right? Yeah. You know, it's well, no, we're talking the about criteria someone. you're talking about is is good. Someone who's not going to be focusing on their own political future. Yes. Someone who's got competency and experience in government. Uh, someone who's independent enough and not worried about being attacked by the mainstream media no. or, or whatever. So, you know, that sounds good for the vice president. For the vice president. For the vice president. Right. It, yeah. And there might be someone else out there who fits those criteria. Like when Obama picked Biden. Mm. And then so Biden these are, went to run for president. Because <laughs> so, I'm trying to think of, of what's the most effective vice president I could think of. Which, and by the way, on in terms of all of that, you could also throw Rand Paul in that mix. Yeah. Um, for the same reason. No, I, I, I would I mean, think that he would probably also consider a political path I would, beyond I would, that. I would prefer Trump Rand Paul over Trump DeSantis. Why? Um, I, same. 
Rand Paul. Same. Yeah. It, it, yeah. For, for, for one, yeah. Um, I, I think the Pauls as a family are principled, great yeah. people. I think Rand Paul would be a great VP. I don't think he's got what it takes to be a president. You've had him on, right? He's been on here? No, no, no. Really? Yeah, no, I'd love to have him on. Oh, he should come on. Yeah, he yeah. should come on. Uh, look, dude, Rand Paul is like one of the only guys who stands up to the NDAA and, and tries to filibuster these bills. He stands I mean, up to Fauci. He stands, stands up to everything. Absolutely. How right. about a DeSantis and Don Jr. ticket? I mean, that'd be great. That'd be good, yeah. Yeah. You, you, know, you, you get the, the Trump name and, and or, backing, or, and then and you just, got DeSantis, lo- and you don't have... DeSantis, DeSantis 28, and then Don Jr. runs for, yeah, I'm thinking either Senate or governor in Florida. I do not like families controlling things. I don't mind if the person's qualified. Like Rand Paul's, he's, he's won me over with his good graces and his interactions, but I don't like voting for names. Like I don't know no. Don Jr. if he has any it's, uh, political it's, aspiration or quality. I don't. I've never met the guy. You're right, but Don Jr. has shown that he has good values. I just don't want to vote. Oh well, that's a different story. I will yeah. not vote for a name we, though. We I, get to. We, 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 well, he's we, been out there working very I'm not very hard. to vote for Barron. <laughs> well, that's another story. Barron. I don't a know. Win. He's tall. He's like what is he like, dude? Twelve feet tall. I think yeah. he's like six, years? six eight six nine six, now. Eight. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. The story of Barron Trump. Yeah. As told by Baron Trump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if what if the Baron Trump novels are actually just about Baron Trump? That's probably like he did write them when he was in his no like 60s. no just like it was a prophecy somebody. So you know about these books, right? Yeah, yeah. They, I can't I've not heard about them. Was it the Mystical Journey or something? Something like that. It's a it's so it's a story weird. about a guy named what is his name Baron Trump. Just hit nine o'clock, by the way. And uh, so does that? Are the results coming in? What's going on? Uh, polls just closed, but wow. I don't think we have results yet. So but we should get just polls. closed we, in we Wyoming. Should, there should be some polling, right? Alaska's still going. By the way, Sarah Palin also on the ballot today yeah. in Alaska. Special really? elections oh, yeah, yeah. Congress up there. Kind of, kind of incredible. So she's, I think she's, I believe she's the front runner for that. You know, strangely. And then the- Kelly Shabaka, by the way, if we yeah, haven't yeah. said her name. Yeah. I, I just searched Baron Trump um, on Brave Browser, and a lot of the pictures of him are like when he was a little kid still. Where's all the pictures of Baron today? He's here, taller than here, his dad. He's a can giant. You, can I you wonder- set it for like... You know, yeah, recently. Add 2022 that. and then set it for Because like I have last, a feeling he's big so. and beautiful now, and the media doesn't want to show how wonderful a Trump man can become, like the tall there's, gorgeousness. He looks like his dad. So there's really a book like that was dad. written in the 1800s, 1800s about a guy who runs for president named Baron Trump. And in the book, they actually say that anarchists and socialists come from the Lower East Side of Manhattan to Trump Castle on Fifth Avenue. And like, I, I, I can't believe it. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't, does not sound real. My my favorite Ingersoll uh, Lockwood, I think, yeah, yeah, that's the, the, that's the guy the who wrote it. I've talked about. I've, I think I've said this on here before, but my favorite uh, my favorite one of those theories is that um, is that Steve, Steve. Ban- Bannon <laughs> actually so that Bannon actually is Baron from the future who has been <laughs> who has been sent back to guide his father. And I guess the the time dilation affects the height. And obviously. the reason Trump fired Bannon, right? Uh, in seventeen, yeah, yeah. So what ended up happening was. Uh, uh, Donald overheard Bannon talking with his contacts through his future communications device because it's it's really easy to talk to the future, right? Obviously. And then... Uh, but you'd keep the channel open. He knows too he, much about he, me. No, so. he walked in and was like, Steve, what is this? What are you saying? You're Baron? And he's like, Dad, you weren't supposed to find out this way. I can't believe this. Get out of here. <laughs> I would love to make that short film. That'd be great. Like, I love Steve, you, Dad. Steve Bannon is Baron from the future. <laughs> so I don't know. This, these books are crazy. We talked about them before. But uh, I don't know why. Did, why did Baron come? Oh yeah, you said you're not going to say. Okay. Anyway, back to the actual uh, news and stuff. Don Don Jr. has gone on numerous shows, talked about his values, what he believes in, Steve what he wants. Crowder, yeah. Good Crowder. book. A good book too. He yeah, wrote a good I mean, book. Right there, you go. So, but he's worked really hard in the campaigns, 
working to support candidates across the board. She works like crazy. Yeah. So you're not voting for a name. You're voting for a guy who's doing the work. We should have him on. I think he follows you on Twitter. And we, we talked we, about we, having him on sometimes. We'll talk to him. Yeah, you know, Don, whenever, come on. Whenever he, whenever he's able. Let's talk politics, bro. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, I he's, he has been invited. A lot of ideas of things we could do to like refocus people on, on what we can do. Ian, let's, how about this? A global coalition to work on the carbon <laughs> Don, withdrawal from the I know it. See, here's a choice. Here we go. Hunter Biden, Don, Don Jr. Don Jr., Jr. yeah. Compare really. and contrast, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? If if Don Jr. did 1% of what Hunter Biden's accused of, they'd be calling for, you know, a life prison sentence. They'd be saying, lock him up. Well, I, I always try to say that it <clears throat> Hunter Biden is who they want Don Jr. to yep. be. Right. It's always yep. projection for right. them. It's always projection. Yeah, I mean, well, it's deflection, right? They know that they are doing something wrong or it describes them. So they have to, well, that's you. That's you. No, that's you. Uh, uh, Donald Trump engaged in a quid pro quo with Ukraine. It's like uh, Trump actually uncovered Biden's quid pro quo with Ukraine. No, no, that was you. Well, it's actually the best way to get ahead of. So in politics, the best way to get ahead of a scandal is to accuse your opponent of doing the same thing before it's come out. So you accuse them of even if it's completely baseless. You accuse your opponent of doing this. And Nancy Pelosi has talked about the wrap up smear a million times where and Scott Adams has been talking about this recently just reminding us of it, where she explains, well, first you make the accusation and then you get uh, some place to report the accusation and then you get a reporter to go and question them yep. about the accusation and get them to respond. And now you've done the wrap-up. And then exactly. you get the FBI to have a leak to their favorite reporters yep. and to go brief on the Hill so that they get a committee, the Gang of Eight, and then the Gang of Eight then tells reporters that, oh, we, we have a serious allegation here against Mr. Schiff. Trump. Right. That's you, you, you had a tweet where you said you thought that the affidavit would reveal the FBI's source was the mainstream media. Yeah. So and, and people were asking me what I meant by that tweet. It's gone hyper viral. And what I'm doing is I'm just putting a parallel to the events of the last six months and then the raid on Mar-a-Lago with the Russiagate investigation, because that's essentially what it was. It was a bunch of Yahoo News articles and Michael Isakoff, which were based on leaks from Fusion GPS and these this insane dossier story, which you know a lot of people know about this point, but you know I'm not going to go rehash all of it. But the idea was they were using circular reporting in that they were to what you basically just said, Derek. They're leaking things to the press that they want reported. And then the DOJ, because again, the DOJ has to have some kind of probable cause, right? So they are making their own probable cause. And then you add in like, you know, some innuendo, you add in some whisper down the lane, some hearsay, some rumors. Oh, I heard he's got documents. Uh, Sources. Stuffed in his pants. I heard he's got, I, oh, this this one, you know, uniform division of the Secret Service. And she saw a box. Of di- I remember the one, uh, the New York Times keeps talking about this. Well, we, we subpoenaed the survey surveillance tapes of Mar-a-Lago, and it shows that there were boxes going in and out of a secure room. Mm, whoa. Whoa. That whoa. whoa. But yeah, I do that too. It's called cleaning my garage. I've got right. boxes going in and out. This of, is what the know. media does. My favorite analogy is saying that you can, uh, you'll see a new, the news report something like sources close to Pelosi's office say that she kicks dogs. And then they're like, whoa, sources close to her office. What you didn't say was the source was the homeless guy sleeping in the alley who has yeah. no real understanding yeah. of what's going on inside, but right. he is close. He's very close. I am telling the truth. You misinterpreted what I was saying. That's your fault. Yeah, the media always exaggerates and amplifies 
the story and when we look at it and we get the real facts down the road, if we ever do get the, the real facts, we go, what was that about? That's the constant backstory on the, the Russia hoax. The nuclear document story that just came out. Washington Post <laughs> said, you know, that the, the agents were looking for nuclear documents. Sources say, sources familiar with the investigation agents carried out said that they were looking for documents related to, nu- uh, to, to nuclear, uh, no, it said nuclear documents. Whether those are weapons and whether those are American, we don't know. And I'm like, okay, so what you reported is, we know a guy who knows a guy and we think he was looking for documents, something to do with nukes. What about the nukes? No idea. And you know a guy. Okay. I'm supposed to take that seriously as, <laughs> as, as fact-based reporting, as responsible reporting? Sorry, dude. And then it turns out the search warrant was just overly broad. It wasn't specific. Purposely overly broad because it's actually a fishing expedition to see if they can find something in the haystack of documents there. I got to say, though, that's a big white pill. So, They're so scared Trump's going to win. I actually... Um, I actually do have a little bit of authorization to say this, that on the way here today, I did get a phone call from Trump's lawyer, from Christina Bob, and people have seen her all across the news lately that, you know, that she's out there on this. And, and look, we, um, we both worked together at OAN in the past. So I don't think any, you know, it's not a surprise to anybody that we know each other. And yes, we do still keep in contact. And one thing that she told me while she, so she's there at the Mar-a-Lago raid. And she's talked about this in some interviews already. But what I asked her, as I said, what did the FBI, like, how were they acting? Were they acting, you know, you know, if you got in their face, they were going to arrest you or how are they? And the weirdest thing, and she said uh, that I took it was so strange that she said they were acting as if we could keep the whole thing quiet if we were all just kind of <laughs> cool about it, that they actually didn't think that Trump would tell people that he had been raided. What? And I said, why do you think they they thought that? And she said, I think that they thought that he he was worried that it, or he might be worried that it would make Trump look bad. And where I'm saying, how did they not understand that this makes you look bad when that, you're raiding him? Or that this is Donald Trump. And that and it's right. <laughs> the dude like, have you ever met Fifi. the guy? Well, yeah. And they specifically timed the raid, I understand from some of the readings I, I, I did, that... They timed it on a, when Trump would not be there because they wanted right. to keep it on the down low. Right. And he's not usually in there somewhere to begin with. Right. Because Mar-a-Lago is closed for the season. So we're on the skeleton crew right now. And when I talked to Christine, she said, look, I, w- I wasn't even there you know, when this whole thing started. And she you know, tore down when she heard what it was fine, what's going on, got in their faces to say, hey, you know, what are you doing? What, what is all this? Can you explain what's going on? And they wouldn't tell her anything. Um, they, and we've seen the search warrant and it was, you know, completely perfunctory. And we, of course, over at Human Events Daily with the first outlet to, you know, blah, 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 well, and all that. So, but, and so the DOJ is blocking the affidavit right now. So the DOJ has said, now think about this. Merrick Garland came up two days later and said, we will let the information known to the American people. He said that at his press conference. And his, his at the press conference, of course, though, his argument was basically that, hey, I'm the government. You can trust me. And then Amazing. a couple of days later, by the way, immediately after that, when he walked off the stage, that's when we got the leak about the nukes. So somebody pops that out right after he gets off stage about nuclear weapons, which is just immediately gone. Uh, there's been a bunch of rumors go- that have been flying since then. Is it about Ukraine? Is it about, you know, some, the Iran deal? It's, you know, whatever. And they're now fighting to keep the affidavit under seal because they're saying that if the affidavit becomes out, it will 
injure their investigation. And you'd think that if he were trying to be serious about this, and Jonathan Turley had a piece up today, which I thought he was being a little squishy with it, but I agree with part of it, where he said, look, if this guy was trying to be fair, he'd at least say you can you can release parts of it. Yeah. That you could release something to just alleviate, like the pressure valve, just alleviate a little bit of the pressure, let off some of the pressure. Look, there were some documents. We were worried about the security of it. It had some... So, so Derek, for example, one of the, one of the theories that, you know, myself and other, you know, as a prior Navy intelligence officer, one of the theories that we had was could he have, um, PDBs, uh, declassified copies of a PDB? What's a PDB? So, presidential's daily brief. Mm. President's daily brief. So, a PDB, Mm. you know, he might have it because he wants a certain portion of it, but depending on the format it's in, you might have all sorts of CIA reporting in there, code word stuff, special access pro, who knows? Right. You could have a ton of stuff in there that, you know, would would be better served uh, if it were secured elsewhere. Right. So, you know, what kind of stuff would be in a PDB? Well, it could be discussions about North Korean nuclear capabilities. Right. Mm -hmm. Or the discussions or the thinking of North Korea. (laughs) Which we only have because maybe we have a source in Kim Jong-un's palace or inside the Kremlin. And if you read the report, you might know that because of the access you know, the only way someone could have this level of information. And, you know, oh, and Kim Jong-un over breakfast on Wednesday said but this. The problem you know. with that is on the PDBs is the PD books are controlled. They go in and they are returned and they're numbered. Right. So, but I, I really think that one of the things that they had down there were the uh, Russia hoax documents from the CIA showing CIA and FBI culpability. There were numerous investigations Director Radcliffe, former DNI director, as Radcliffe has talked about this, I think that's probably one of the things that they would have had down there because he ordered those to be declassified. The fact that DOJ did not go through with the process over there for further dissemination of these documents as declassified doesn't make those documents any less. So you're you're talking about the underlying Spygate documents, the original documents that started the entire operation that became Russiagate, that became the dossier, everything right. else. We're talking about the original um, electronic communications and everything else that was pulled during. And this, when you were in um, working with Nunes, you worked with Cash Patel and so many right. other, and the, the late, great Rich Higgins, so by the way. For example, the investigation of what CIA was actually doing and the evidence that they looked at to come up with a conclusion that Russia wanted Trump to win in the 2016 election. There is tremendous documentation there that shows malfeasance and culpability. They cherry-picked information to get to a conclusion, and the overwhelming amount of evidence that pointed in another direction was put on the cutting room floor. That type of laydown is what Director Radcliffe had. It's damning of the Central Intelligence Agency and of the FBI. You know for a fact that they had that information? Yes. <clears throat> like, you, did you see it? I worked on that project. And then, they, so they would have, like, on a thumb drive? Just copies of the emails and stuff and all the... No, it was all, it was all paper copies. So, but that's weird to me that they would have, like, a paper copy of it and that's it. If it burns on fire, you never see it again. I mean, that's very Inspector Gadget. No, uh, we had it in a vault in... in at the CIA headquarters, there are other copies. So, tremendous amount of work, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of work by many people to go through all of the intelligence that was available to the Central Intelligence Agency that they neglected to include. 
and it was information that was not consistent with the narrative that John Brennan and and um, the director of national intelligence, Clapper, wanted to portray to the president in the fall of 2016 about Russia wanting Trump to, I mean, Russia wanting Trump to win. Was How come Putin? Trump didn't fire everybody? <clears throat> it's a good question. We brought in Dan Coats to be the director of national intelligence, and you wound up with um, the CIA director, Pompeo. Mm-hmm. A lot of this evidence was provided to director Pompeo in, and to the deputy director, okay, uh, Haspel, and they decided to do nothing with that information about what CIA had done to politicize their intelligence. Hey, Derek, last time I checked, and maybe maybe you can refresh my memory, who was the station chief? So a lot of this was done in London, right? Correct. So who was the CIA station chief? Now, any human operation that's conducted overseas must be signed off with the purview and auth- really authorization of the CIA station chief for that country. That's how it works. So um, whoever was run- whoever was working with Christopher Steele, whatever FBI, Bruce Orr and Nelly and all this stuff in, in the UK had to be signed off by the London station chief. Who was the London station chief Gina, during all this? Gina Haspel, who oh, became right. the deputy director of the CIA, who and also then, decided not to do anything. And right. then director of CIA. So it just it's how all these people wind Funny. up still popping wow. up. You know, Peter Strzok's wife is leading the investigation for the Securities Exchange Commission about the Trump Media Group. Wow. Okay. How does Lisa Monaco wind up leading the investigation of Trump right now? Deep state. It's um. I mean, it's not even that deep anymore. It's the in-your-face state. Yeah. yeah. You they know. don't care. They just don't care anymore. Well, I think they they're losing, and I think they 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 know they're losing. And, I, and I'm not saying, you know, I often talk about this, this country destabilizing. Trump said something terrible will happen unless we lower these temperatures. Uh, with, I think all that's true. But I think the reason the temperature is heating up is because the bureaucratic state, the administrative state, knows they are failing. They have, they have uh, lost cohesion and they're going to be removed very quickly. Donald Trump was going to fire everybody. He's planning uh, on running, and then immediately, you know, this, the, the reporting is he's going to fire everybody once again, and I'd love to see it. It's a- I'm, I'm down for DeSantis or anybody else, but I'm kind of like, maybe the first thing we do is like, you know, let's say you buy, buy a new company. You come in, you clean house. You say, okay, this, this company's crooked. It's corrupt. These employees aren't working, but we got a good base here, so we're going to fire all these people, keep the good ones, very few of them, and then we're going to start rehiring and rebuilding this thing. But I'd love to see Part that. of why there's tension is because there's lack of vision by leadership in this country. There's no, maybe not no plan, but like how often do you see someone in an established form of government come out and tell you about their excited plans for the future? And get people riled up to like, yes, we can change the world. We can start terraforming Earth. Like, but where's the real change proposals from Donald? I didn't see much. Like, where's he talking about fusion for the love of God? Fusion power or space travel? That's just something he's talking about space travel quite a bit. A little bit. Not not only he he started Space Force. He started Space Force, and he wants to go to Mars. That's he, wants, good. he wants a base on That's the moon good. to bring us to Mars. Talking could, about, it, could have done more on nuclear. Sure. Yeah, yeah could have done more. But, okay, so maybe Agreed. some people are. What, were you going to say something? No, I was going to say that you know, President Trump looked for new ideas, and he wanted to execute a reinvention of the Pentagon, taking a good look at how we do health care in this country. But when you have 4,000 political appointees and you don't get most of your people through the Senate or into the the lower positions and the ones that you are getting are people like director ray the establishment provided him as this guy's vetted he's good he's reliable and look what we get when we get director ray he's part of the rhino class 
There you go. When Donald, when they were talking about climate change, and then I think Donald Trump was like, I never heard him be like, let's fix it. It was more like, uh, that's not as big of a problem as you're making it out to be, kind of. I don't want to be too hard on Don because he had a big job. Um, but I think we can fix the climate. So, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's what we need. I think we will de- de-escalate tensions people, when we start producing a myth, a modern myth that we can get behind, just like a, a modern of, story. Put a pin on this. That the, the people that get me, though, are the ones who say, oh, well, Trump couldn't destroy the or, you know, defeat the entire establishment in one term. I guess that means he sucks now. We should yeah. just stop trying. I mean, re- really, if, if you actually think you're up against these all-powerful masters of the universe – who have so much ability? They stole his presidency. To right, control all of this. They took away his what first three, two and a half years, just by two and, and a half three years, two and a half years. And then you get caught into COVID in the last year, and then impeached right. him, and then COVID. And even even with all that, we had gas prices were dropping, the economy was booming. Imagine what he could have actually accomplished if he wasn't jammed up with with RussiaGate. Right, and that's not cope. That's just that's just what happened. Okay, that's what happened. And if you can't be adult enough to sit there and look at the situation objectively and say, yes, this was run against him because Trump winning the White House was a beachhead. Okay, that was a beachhead that you established, but you're still surrounded in Washington, D.C. by the administrative state. And they came for him. They came into the White House. They came through the White House. I remember there was a viral tweet from one of these lawyers that said, we are going to impeach you the day like he was getting an Yes, right right from the very beginning. So just from my own- my own my own experience, I went in and took over the Middle East effort in the National Security Council for the president. They went after Mike Flynn and took Mike Flynn out. And Mike Flynn wanted to execute and move on the president's agenda for the Middle East. He wanted a new approach for the Middle East peace talks. He wanted to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He wanted his first trip overseas to be to Saudi Arabia and Israel. He wanted to get out of the Iran deal. Mattis and Tillerson and McMaster opposed him on all of those initiatives. Deep state. Derek, is it true that McMaster would would essentially just just go into him and and fudge the numbers on Syria withdrawals and everything like that? There was a in meetings that I participated in, there was a mischaracterization provided to the president by Tillerson, Mattis, and McMaster. Wow. I was sitting on the on the the love seat behind the view of the the president could see me, and those three were sitting right in front of the the oval uh, in the oval office in front of the President Trump's desk. And I was right in the line of sight of of the president, and they were telling him things, and I was shaking my head no. And the president would say, "My guys are telling me there's another way of looking at this. My guys are telling me that there's new information on this." He would challenge General Mattis. They couldn't see me shaking my head, but he picked up on those signals correctly. Wow. But they were providing him wrong numbers, mischaracterizing oh, yeah. what was actually going on, and trying to just bullshit him. Let's, ju- let- let's jump to this uh, completely unrelated wow. story for the last quick segment, because we have to. Oh, Alec yeah, Baldwin yeah. tells the CCP that the media, I'm sorry, the Chris, <laughs> the Chris Cuomo project, not the Chinese Communist Party, oh, wow. that the media is out to get him and insists he did not pull the trigger on Rust set. Frustrated actor fumes that the only question is who put a live bullet in the, in the stunt gun. Stunt gun is an actual gun. It's a single, single action revolver. Real gun. As, as he, a real gun. As he awaits DA decision on if he'll be charged. Charge him. 
By the way, uh, Jack pointed this out. The Chris Cuomo Project is abbreviated CCP. <laughs> so Chris Cuomo's new uh, podcast is called The Chris Cuomo Project, a.k.a. <laughs> CCP. And shout out to producer Shaw at Human Events Daily, who actually noticed that before me. But, but is, his, is Cuomo promo code, his, his promo code that for, for – he's got um, – He's got a couple advertisers already. His promo code is promo code CZP. No, we, we're I, in a, Okay, I I'm sorry. You not. We're in a simulation. <laughs> yes. We we live in a simulation. Just I'm I'm done. Okay. How do we how do we activate console commands? Uh, so DMT, I, can, I think is the DMT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> promo code DMT. Yeah. <laughs> how is it? It. it, it I just, I just can't. I can't. It's too I can't, weird. Well, there's I only 26 even, letters, so there's what, like a 506, one out of 566,000 percent. CCP. Well, so, so here's, here's the contention. Go, well, he go, did. go to paulmolive.com slash CCP or whatever. Like, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah. man. So the, the article though, or the interview, um, is that, so ABC leaked this FBI document, which was a review of the actual cult revolver. That was used on the set. It was not a stunt gun or a prop gun. It was just a gun. And they said, hey, this thing can't be fired unless you pull the trigger. And, and that's what we were all saying. And that's what everybody said. And there's a, there's a bunch of things we're still waiting on. But Alec Baldwin was like, I didn't pull the trigger. It just went off. And then I, I was well, like. He said he's fanning it. Right, 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 right. He, they pulled the hammer back and it just went off, which right. is not possible. And so we. And they checked it. Right. We speculated that, no, he pulled the trigger. The simple story here. It's very simple. Alex Baldwin on a movie set pulled out a gun with a live bullet in it, pointed it at a woman, pulled the trigger, and killed her. It was a woman that he was having problems with on set, too, and I think he was fantasizing about shooting her with an empty gun, just like a little kid, like, bang, bang, you're dead, ha, ha, ha. And it turned out someone put a bullet in that gun. Well, there, there was reporting about the problems he was having with staff on set, and then this happens. What's this? Results. Results are in. <gasps> 5%. 5% in. Oh. Hagman, 53. Liz Cheney, 44. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wow. What, what source do you have right now? AP? First results. Uh, shoot, I'm seeing this. Uh, Central Valley Politics. Central Valley Politics. And I believe it's from New York Times. New York Times? Oh, there we go. There we go. Wyoming at large. Hagman. 54% to Liz Cheney, 45 with five, wow. 4% estimated reporting. Let's get Nine it. points. Here we go. Here we go, baby. Why is her name in that? Done. Why, so done. Why does it say Hagman braces for Wyoming? Why are they like... Wait, what do you mean? Where? Making a hero out of Liz... Well, why right, is right, Liz yeah, Cheney's yeah. name? Why does it say so Hagman braces they're calling for it Wyoming's the, Because why don't Liz they Cheney's say, the incumbent. Why don't they She's say... She's in office right now. No, but I get what he's saying. Yeah, he's saying, why doesn't propaganda. it say Wyoming voters choose their representative? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. Well, because they got to run an angle. It's so the angle is is that Liz Cheney is their great avatar, and she's this, being destroyed by this this you know you know upstart grassroots MAGA Republican. This is shocking. Grable with fifty nine percent. It's the Democrat. I have no I have idea, no idea who that is. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'd be interesting to see if they have. Uh, Details. Okay, so only only little bits in so far. I saw the tweet. <laughs> Three thousand four hundred eighty-six so far for Hageman. Liz Cheney with two thousand nine hundred six. I I almost can't believe it to be honest. And the good news is Wyoming. There's not going to be a lot of votes. The good news right. is that's Cheney's best district. Mm. Is it? I'm just wow. kidding. I Probably. Don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's it's an at large. <laughs> right. Yeah, at large. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's the whole state. Yeah. There's there's yeah. there's one district. Yeah. It's no just, district, but I'm talking about the, the precincts that are reporting. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Shout out to right. Anthony Bouchard. Oh, no, we oh have, there we, we go. We do it by county. It's Casper. So that's Casper. You and I imagine Cheyenne would probably be her best. Yep. Yep. Cheyenne is probably. 
It's already looking good if outside of Cheyenne changes. Huge early lead for Hagman. Huge. Yeah. It's like a thousand. It's like not, it's not even a thousand. It's 500. It's, 500 nine, it's almost a 10 point lead. So the votes just yeah. closed. When do you think they're, they're, they're tabulating? Lead? It's coming in now. What do you so. think? Like three days until the total count? <laughs> yeah, but no. Well, yes, yeah, so you know, no, now we have, cause he's it's not, not wrong. It's not it's election day anymore. It's yeah. now it's election week and then it's election yeah. month. We need some and space and some time to calculate. <laughs> the votes. Yeah. We're going to wait for the mail in ballots to get yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah. and count them next and week. And then 3 a.m. rolls around. Yeah, so, but technically it should be done by 2, 3. 3 a.m., right? Isn't that the way these votes... Well, I still love... Technically... 8 p.m. and they're yeah, done? sooner than that. We, uh, I, we, France what? France has it done in, like, five hours. Yeah. Not even. The whole country. Yep. And 66 million votes, something like that? I still love the... Uh, what is it? The L.A. County with with the, the signatures. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. That they... Oh, they, yeah. Gascon. That Gascon, yeah. they struck 200,000 signatures from his petition, which just coincidentally happened to be the... Put him right under the threshold... For a recall. Well, so here's that the thing. Really Something me. like yeah. 80, 80 or 90,000 were not registered voters, and that should be very easy to actually verify. Right. So they, 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 a bunch were like, um, not registered voters or duplicates, they argued. The bulk, I think, were duplicates and unregistered uh, voters. That's like two sevenths. I mean, that's like 20, what, what percent? Let's that's that's like it. 38% of the freaking votes came in were, were nullified. If you extrapolate that out. Signatures though. So this is, this is, this is a different thing. You get a petition, you walk around, you go, Hey, we're going to sign a petition. They say, sure. They sign it. They fill out their information. I think 200,000 is a lot. It's a lot of relative votes. There were only 760,000 tallied and 200 of them were, were not accepted. I mean, if you so we call can the United this. States government, if there's a big election, you get 50, 150 million votes. These aren't you votes. Know. These aren't votes. Okay. There's a difference between someone going to a polling place, being handed a vote with their name on it, filling it out, and then handing it to a precinct, you know, a captain or whatever that puts it in the box and certifies it and someone on the street walking up and saying, sign this. So I can understand that signatures would get disqualified, but I'm saying we can check this Yo, one easily. Um, decision desk is calling it. No, what? How? Yeah. They're, for, they're, it says right here. How lion? Decision. decision I'm, wow. I'm right here. So why so early? Okay. Go to decision desk because they're. they're I would looking. love, 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 love to call it right now. So um, decision desk is calling it. <laughs> right, Ladies right and gentlemen, decision desk HQ projects Harriet Hageman is the winner of the Republican nomination for Wyoming's at-large U.S. House Congressional District. She has defeated Rep. Liz Cheney. Decision made 9:27 p.m. So what's the thug life jack with the extremism symbol? What's the <laughs> what's the value of decision? <laughs> so is decision desk like notoriously accurate it's, it's, or something? It's yeah, this is a uh, uh, like typically the most accurate, the official source. Decision desk comes out and says it, and people usually roll with it. This is the verified decision desk saying it right there. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh yeah, you just went yes. to Rome. I Jack just went to the Vatican. We did. We were yeah, no, did. Oh, the did. Yeah. I, got, I got a tweet. Woo! I got a tweet. Woo! We're tweeting. Yeah, let's go. Cheney down. Yes. Cheney down. <laughs> God is good. Whenever yeah. I see a picture of her, she looks really upset, really, really miserable, sad. Like she's frowning, looks unhappy. Dynasty down. Yes. The oh, end of God. a dynasty. Too early to celebrate. Gonna, Cheney well, I'm just thinking we were talking about elections and how long it takes and validating signatures and things like that. And, you know, we just had a primary here in Maryland and they give in Maryland 10 days for mail-in ballots to 
to be received and counted. <laughs> so we had an election day, and they counted the uh, walk-in early voting because you have early voting, and those get counted in a batch. So you get those results sometime that evening. And then they count people who voted in person on that day, and you got those late in the day. And then you have to wait for the counts of the mail-in ballots, which will, or, they do two or three days later. And then any ballots that come in later, they get counted the following week. And then provisional ballots, okay? Let's just, let's, it, let's just accept that uh, right now. Dave, Dave Wasserman and Cook Political Reports. Are confirming. Are, are calling That's it. great. So, so you know, I get it. I get it. But let, let us let us have this. Oh one yeah, minute. why so <laughs> one minute? You know, just, just to be why happy so, and with five percent. And why why so early? Because they might have been doing some polling, or they might have been doing some polling. Yeah, yeah. Ahead of time. Exit polls. But, Exit but, polls. And and then this, they they may have access to data that hasn't been published yet. Like the AP reporters get access to stuff. They so they probably have seen. Data just come in, and with 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 Casper the the precinct that they already have, they're probably like, "Yep, that's completely in line with what we have." There's no possible way Liz mm-hmm. Cheney is going to win if 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 she's down ten right away. I didn't even know who she was. Who was that? Like you said Cook Politicals ago. also got it. Cook Political Report. So Dave Dave Wasserman, and he's he's kind of famous. I mean, he's he's kind of a glorified refresher as Richard. You've had, if you haven't had Richard Barris on, you got to get him on. P- I just uh, he's Plunder. fantastic. Um, yeah. I love Richard. I, I can't believe they called it so and, quickly. Uh, I'm, I'm, this guy's a glorified refresher, but he does the whole like I've seen enough. You know, right, right, right. I've seen, you enough. seen those. Yeah. So if Decision Desk and Cook Political are saying it, it would be very insane if they reversed that decision later on. Yeah, those guys they're they're generally pretty conservative with this actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Election Wizard, shout out to Election Wizard. He got called it actually before both of them. He's known for being a little bit ahead of the grain on this. I'd like to uh, give a round of applause to everybody. I think Liz Cheney is just so awful. And um, Democrats should be cheering this, day. right? Right. right the, all, all the left, Rachel Maddow, everyone who was against oh, the Iraq yeah. war. I bet they're all they're, tweeting they're all like, this is right the now. end of America. It was funny. There was a tweet from one Democrat guy. And he was like, if Liz Cheney loses her primary, it's the end of the Republican Party. And it's like, no one believes you care about the Republican Party. I want to save it. Like, if anything, everyone assumes the opposite of what you say is true. <laughs> Liz Cheney, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> now we gotta look, we gotta look to Alaska. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that'll be, well, they're, they're in totally different times. Right. Zone, so but, I think that'll be a while. Oh, that's later. today? Yeah. yeah Alaska, Alaska's been... today. Kelly Shabaka. Now, because Alaska has a runoff, included in, in addition to the rank choice. So they're oh, saying wow. that it's that um, if neither get fifty percent, then it goes to the top the top two to go to a runoff. That'll be Murkowski and Chewbacca most likely. I want to see the ranked choice tallies, if if possible, from the Alaska thing because I don't just want to see what the final answer was. I want to see the process of how it got to whoever is going to win on that because I'm really fascinated with ranked choice voting. I think there's a future. It is oh interesting. My gosh. It is. Andrew Closter, Liz Cheney just collapsed faster than Kabul. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I mean, it's, it's, I can't believe they called it. I was like, we got 5%. We're going to, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, gonna it's going to be thing. three days yeah. before they call oh, it. Wow, wow. And it was five minutes. <laughs> okay. It was 20 minutes, 27 minutes, but still. All right. We're going to, we're going to go to super chats. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, head over to timcast.com and become a member because we're going to have that members only uncensored show coming up at about 11 PM. And now I am going to source some super chats from people. And of course we go by the super chats that started at the beginning of the show. So there's going to be a lot of people who, who at the time of the super chat didn't realize Liz Cheney has lost. Uh-huh. All right. Jacob Tolbert says, great show. 
tonight. First super chat. Does anyone else feel like Order sixty six is about to be enacted? What was it? What was that you? Is that from Star Wars? No. Uh, Ghost uh, Order sixty six is about to be enacted. Go see Larry Elder's Uncle Tom two showing at the Hollywood Boulevard Cinema in Woodridge, Illinois, nice. August twenty fifth. Oh, very cool. Sweet. That's when he's like, cool. do it. And then all the Jedi turn on each other and start slaying other Jedi. Is that what it is? I don't know. Liz, all the, well, all the clones. And, well, here's the thing, though, because Liz Cheney is now the fourth uh, person who voted, fourth Republican who voted for Trump's impeachment that has lost, that is uh, now out of office. I, I think that's at the end of it. And uh, how many resigned? And, and yeah, you did. Four, yeah, I think four. Two of them won, mm. I'm pretty sure. We did, we did a report. Nancy Mace, uh, yeah. I know, got in, even though she's a Fed. And she's a fed. Check me out on that. And she definitely lied about that Antifa thing, by the way. Mm. And one other person won. We and there's one more. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Nice first Cast Castle vlog. I knew IRL was scripted. That's right. We have the first Cast Castle. It's episode zero, it's just the promo introduction. Um, the goal is to do a weekly 22 minute pseudo vlog sitcom style show. And uh, Jack's in it. Yeah, so this was um, it's a great bit. It was a harrowing journey for me <laughs> in this in, in the lead up to this, and we we're only really catching the end of it. And I'm I'm using my my alarm bell to to keep everyone at bay while I was able to actually secure the scripts for the next season of Timcast IRL from Mar-a-Lago before the feds were able to get in there. That's what they were really after. I was tipped off. We got them out just before, just before the FBI. Oh, I didn't know you were in there before. That's awesome. Well, I mean, you didn't, we didn't, we didn't reveal it. You took a lot of wind on the way up here delivering those too. Yeah. And your little, with your little bell on your bike, with your little wagon carrying scripts for Timcast IRL. (laughs) There, there was, if you want to know what Jack's talking about. There was a warp field, there was a warp field involved. Uh, (laughs) So you are vibrational. Vibration. So we, I, I'm not going to ruin the joke because we just launched the the, the promo episode. People could be like, "What is he talking about?" But if you, if you want to understand what the references is making, check out TimCast.com, Cast Castle, and uh, it's we're just going to be engaging in shenanigans. And then I will mention too, Free Damistan is probably going to be um, complete in a couple months. The framing of the new building is going up, and the Fredamistan channel is going to be action sports and and more in that direction. Cast Castle is going to be more silly and fun stuff. All right, let's see. The Almighty Truffle says, Hey, Tim, I got a Pokemon card I'd like to send you that I think you'd get a kick out of. Is it Tim Pole? Uh, kick out of me and the wife were wondering, how can we? I'm not sure anymore. We had to uh, stop taking mail because, you know, for obvious reasons. But uh, there's a Pokemon called Tim Pole. T-I-M? I think it's T-Y-M-P-O-L. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. And it's got wearing headphones. Yeah, and a little beanie what? thing. And it's got similar colors to cute. our style of colors. Pretty cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. That's weird. All right. Actually, that that reminds me. Um, before I go, I don't have it on me right now, but I'll just say it since we're on air that uh, I got to see President Trump a couple months ago okay. and um, spent a very brief little time with him. But on my way there, there was a, and I'm not going to say much, but there was a Secret Service agent who said that he is a huge fan of Tim cast. Oh, sweet. And wanted me to give you a secret service, sort of like a commemorative pin and a challenge coin. Oh, so wow. I've got that for That's you. Cool. And don't let me forget before I leave. Amazing. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, don't know the guy's name, but all right. This is awesome. Him the- and his wife. And his huge wife. Fans. Ooh, yes. Very cool. Yeah. The Pippin Viking says, I've never <gasps> been so excited. What, what happened? Um, the, 
the 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 totals just updated and it's is it brutal it's br- I, I i've never i've not actually Whoa, well. seen something this brutal before <laughs> oh good like, let me we we, we can't good. pull it up right now but uh let me pull up on my phone do, do, do you have the numbers you might be look it's it's a she's up by 20 <laughs> by 21 hagman's up by 21 right now i want to read this so early on in the show before we got the good news the title of it is liz cheney defeat watch party the Pippin Viking says, I've never been so excited for a show title. Woo. Love the show, even if Ian frustrates me sometimes. Keep up the great work, guys. Me too, actually. But uh, I've never been so excited for a show title. Before the show, I was like, there's no big news stories because the Wait, big news story hasn't really happened is, yet. Yeah, right, right, right. And then Jack was like, it's the Liz Cheney watch party. It's the Liz Cheney watch party. It's got to be. I mean, it's thing. And I, by the way, I love Ian on the show. Even Even when I'm not here, I love Ian because Ian's like the voice of, you know, someone who's just not. Totally obsessed with politics and news, and <laughs> you know, just wants yeah. to understand. And that, that I think that you need a show. You need that on a show, like the you cross, you, the crucifix you brought. I think of it as a murder tool. The crucifix he <laughs> brought. You know, they slaughtered Jesus. Jack with it. actually yeah. did carry the full uh, crucifix up the hill daily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to Israel soon. It's a rosary. Do but no, the no crucifix. That's true. Well, this is where we. By the way, do you know that's where we get the word excruciating? Mm-hmm. Wow. Excruciating comes from the verb to crucify, um, crucio in, in Latin. In and also the Cruciatus Curse. Cruciatus Curse. Wow, that's actually fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I don't think J.K. Rowling probably realized that. Probably didn't Maybe notice. didn't. But it's because <laughs> the pain of crucifixion Whoa. was so horrific that they actually needed a totally new word Bro, to even describe it. This really changes the context of Harry Potter. So you're saying Harry Potter is actually Catholic? No, no, no. I'm not saying Harry Potter is. I'm saying... The fact that one of the curses is the Cruciatus curse, which uses that prefix, which is rooted in crucifixion, mm-hmm. which is and it's inducing severe pain. It's almost like wow. I wonder if all of these lefty Harry Potter fans are gonna be like, no, no, no. It, sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry, like, guys. They're feeling the the, the 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 pain and the suffering of of the crucifixion. It'd be like Voldemort was the devil. And even Have even if you and- look up actual. Um, excavations of crucifixions that they found it's it's every single one that they found that's either been intact or somewhat preserved um it's it's very or victims of crucifixion it's almost identical it's virtually identical to the gospels all right so it's more david c cronk senior says i believe kinzinger was gerrymandered out did you hear that liz was sending out absentee ballots peter navarro reported that on war room i don't know about all that she lost so that's all that matters I think kinzinger, kinzinger was, was gerrymandered yeah, he out was, yeah. yep and so he just retired. I mean, you could always choose to run again. In, yeah, in well, she's down district. by 20 points, so. 20 points? <laughs> I, mean, I love so how good. they're like, 4% reporting. I've seen enough. That's good. Liz Cheney loses. <laughs> X-Runner says at least, uh, okay, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't. I was going to read it. I can't do it. Um, he just said Liz Cheney will use some particular app for thirsty establishment dudes. Okay. Man, I just <laughs> after after victory like this, I just don't know how I'm going to get to sleep tonight. I don't know. I just have no idea unless Wow. Did you see the one about let's just go hunting? The Cheneys are a great family. Just go hunting with them. <laughs> oh. oh Zing. County Commissioner Zinger over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's see what we got. Let's see. What? Awake Not Woke says, just want to point out that Ian compared his body odor to PTSD cases. <laughs> I don't know what to think. Yeah, it was, it was an intense moment. <laughs> All right. 
Matthew Emmons says, why are state troopers in the states with the unaccompanied minors being flown and not arresting the flight crew for human trafficking and seizing the plane under civil asset forfeiture laws? Good question. It is a question I would love to hear answered. Mm. I mean, you why, why and, and, and Charlie Kirk has talked about this, that the only meaningful change that you're going to have under this regime is if red state governors actually start enforcing things. Sheriffs also, by the way, actually start enforcing things like this. Okay. Whoa, what is this? Tech Rue says, in 2016, Liz Cheney committed the unforgivable sin of offering me a Coors Light whoa, whoa. when her hospitality suite should have been stocked with Wyoming beers. In 2021, I successfully voted on behalf of my county for her censure. So I think it's right funny that you're, like, all these people are like, Liz Cheney has besmirched the good name of the GOP, and she gave me a Coors Light! That's so rude. And they go, <gasps> that's why she lost. Yeah, serves her right. One guy just went around like, she gives Coors Light. <laughs> What's a good Wyoming beer? Does anybody know? I don't know. I would love to get some craft. You know, sixteen years sober. Wrong guy to ask. (laughs) Did you drink heavily before that? No, no, and I I never did the program or or any of that. But I just, I just gave it up. Yeah. But shout out to all the friends of Bill out there. Honk goes the dynamite. Says, "Who wants my copy of Dick Cheney's book? It's signed." Really? (laughs) Um, Burn it. Just burn it. Wow, the the number. It's going down. It's now sixty-one thirty-five. Wow, that's why they called it because they were like, "This is going to hurt." This is a blow. She just flew into a political prop turbine. (laughs) I mean, this it's it's a this is the kind of blowout where if you didn't okay, so her constituency now will only exist of like I said before, it's it's the Trump true crime crossover of. Your MSNBC wine moms and your Jake Tapper fans and these people who just constantly think if if cable news didn't work didn't exist and that whole ecosystem didn't exist, Liz Cheney could not exist past tonight. Wow, it's amazing. Period. There's no constituency for this. Dapper McStash says, "Proud subscriber Tim, I haven't heard anyone mention China's housing bubble and alleged imminent marketing collapse due to the Ponzi scheme scandal with companies like Evergrande. Are you following it?" Yeah, Evergrande is the layman of China. However, this because the CCP already has so much bank ownership, they already own the banks. They are the banks um, that they are able to leverage that and ex, you know sort of expand the bubble while minimizing the risk and mitigating the risk as much as they can. I want to dedicate this super chat from Kevin Clark to Ian. He it. said, in the members only last night, you said we'd have to start flying the French flag. I guess you forgot Biden flew it when he pulled out of Afghanistan. Ooh. Oh, brutal. <laughs> that was a double a double smack. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good French one. Bravo. For, uh, being unprepared of the Nazis. Yeah, that was a good one. What was it? The uh, Ma- Maginot Line? Is that what it's called? The Maginot Line. Yeah, that was the... And they were like, the Germans will never get through this. And they're just like, oh, right. The Ardennes the Arden Forest, they didn't build the fences through the forest because they thought it was impenetrable, but the Panzer tanks went right through it. Wow, man. I just got a text from Richard Barris. Good. He, he I said, love you, Rich. Yeah, he, just said, he just said, no, 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 it's even worse. The re- he just said the results that we're getting in right now, <laughs> this is just the early votes out of Africa <laughs> that... The election day voting hasn't even come in yet, and that apparently the Casper area has an early vote. So that's the early, early stuff votes we're to be seeing. Democrat. Yeah, the early vote was going to be good for her. That's probably what <laughs> Navarro was referring to about the yep. absentee ballots. Was these early votes? He's saying that the election day the election day vote has yet to even come in. We could be looking at a thirty percent blowout. I bet it's going to be worse than that. 
It's, 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 not, it's not a question of a gentleman's bet as to whether she wins or loses. It's, is it going to be a 30-point spread or is it yeah, going to be Yeah, what's the spread 50? is the question now. And one of the things I heard on the campaign trail over the last few months is door-to-door meeting people. The Republican voters are insistent, I'm going to go in and vote on Election Day. I'm going to go in and vote on I'm not going to do early voting. I'm not going to walk. I'm not going to do mail-in voting. Overwhelmingly, they were talking about walking in on Election Day in I'm going to be interested in seeing what happens on the election day voting in Wyoming because it's probably going to be very conservative, focused, dedicated Republican voters are going to reject Liz Cheney. Jazan Heitman says Crowder today on his show called out disaffected liberals. Hmm. He said people that say the left left me are lying because the left has always been this far left. Your thoughts on this, Tim Semper Fi. Incorrect. Interesting. Incorrect, Crowder. I mean, look, when Naomi Wolf is coming out, she's been like, what's happening? This is crazy. But I'll tell you outright. During Occupy Wall Street, we had a contingent of black bloc leftists that we typically would just refer to as Antifa these days. During Occupy Wall Street, you had a small group of people wearing all black that wanted to go around and throw bottles. They said, respect the diversity of tactics. Occupy Wall Street's core organizational body assigned security to me as someone who was like, I had filmed people def- like airing out tires from the police. I had outright said, I will film you if you engage in violence. And they said, we respect it. We believe in free speech. We're going to make sure these people don't attack you, Tim. That was 2011. Now, Andy No gets brutally beaten and they cheer for it. It used to be very, very uh, different. Salman Rushdie. Mm. Yeah. Where's the- Salman Rushdie used to be a, a hero on the left, a hero for freedom of speech, um, British Indian novelist who wrote the Satanic Verses, and he's brutally stabbed. Uh, he's uh, they're saying yeah. he's on a ventilator. He might lose his eye. His arms all cut 17 up. Seventeen times or something, right? And, and insane, right? Yeah. I, I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen. I mean, I'm glad, but I'm, you know that uh, there's no video of it that seems to have come out, or at least it's just the immediate aftermath. And you're not seeing any real response. You know, other than a reporting of it from the left. Well, the, I, Michaela Peterson mentioned that she was afraid that it was like a is Muslim extremist and that she's like, this is one thing I don't even want to talk about is like criticize Islam because she's fearing for the reprisal of like religious extremists. I mean, I'm kind of yeah, nervous about was. the cartels. That's, that is what it was. It was a fatwa that was put out by the Islamic revolutionary government of Iran um, when he wrote this book. And ever since then, his life has been on the line. I did not read this book. This is what's it called again? The, the, the Satanic Verses. The, the Satanic, Satanic Verses. Is he talking about the Quran? No. Um, I actually looked this up because I wasn't familiar with it and it had, and it, again, this is a, a work of fiction. It is a work of fiction that he made up and he is not calling the Quran a Satanic verse. And that's, you know, not, I'm not like defending it or anything. I'm just saying that's, that's not what it is. It has to do with these, um, false verses that Satan was trying to insert into the Quran hmm. that never got it in. That's like a fiction about verses that never made its way in or something. Yeah. And then there's a whole story involving how they almost got in and they were taken out, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's part but of the, the plot. But the, the Muslims think like, Oh, he's insinuating that part of Satan's evil is in the Quran. I mean, I'm not going to put words in their mouth, but they, they issued a fatwa. All right, let's read, well, let's read some more. To this. Gerald Armstrong says, so Tim had Baron Trump on his show and didn't know it? We never knew. Ah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's see. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, what I've always thought of as once reliable show, break points, you mean breaking points, talks negative of MAGA candidates. 
Jack, PAOG, what you thinking about the PA governor? Oh, I think Mastriano all the way. Yeah. I think I think Mastriano is a fighter. Um, I think Oz is going to lose. Army Colonel. You know, Oz is here, – here's my thing for Oz, okay? And somebody asked me t- earlier today, they said, Jack, could you and Oz bury the hatchet? Could you do something to explain, you know, why Oz should should win or be – I said, okay, all right. The problem is is that he's, he doesn't come across as genuine. And that's why every time he tweets, there's this this whole cavalcade of people from the right and the left dunking on him. Uh, he called a veggie tray, a veggie tray crudite in a recent video. <laughs> and then so Fetterman what? is out there, um, you know, campaigning off or fundraising off of let them eat crudite. And so I thought a funny video of this could be, you know, hey, maybe it's me and Oz and we're going to get lunch or something and you do it the video and he's got to, you know, just kind of lean into it a little bit and say, and I say, okay, Oz, so, you know, just, just so you know, around here, we call it a hoagie. All right. This is a hoagie. It's not a, it's, why, what do you mean, Jack? Isn't it up? No, 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 man. Around here, we call it hoagie. Why do y'all call it that? Let me stop you right there. You don't say y'all, you say use. Use guys <laughs> call it a hoagie. That's what we say in Philly is use. But then you got to Pittsburgh and they say yins. Yins, why do they say that? Because that's what they say. Well, what about Central PA? Central PA, you call them whatever they want. And then at the very end, you got to, you know, and then he says something like, um, of course, working in this, like I work on my Tim Pool scripts, that, you know, he would say, you know, he'd say, well, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? And I said, well, 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 Oz, you know, just to be fair, a lot of people, have a problem with the fact they say you're not from PA and you got to overcome that. Not from PA. What do you say? And then he's sitting there and maybe he's, he's he, he chews a bite of the hoagie or a cheesesteak. If you want to get like, actually I would say hoagie. I would don't do the cheesesteak thing. Cause everybody assumes you're going to do a cheesesteak. Don't do that. And then say something, you know what? It's true. I, I'm, I'm not from here. I wasn't born here. I didn't grow up here, but, and this is the key part. Then you say, but, but I met a girl from here and I fell in love with her. And then I fell in love with this state. So he said Wegners. <laughs> so it's Redners is, well, the, there, real, is a, the real one. And then he said Wegners. But there's a Wengers. It's what? Well, no, it's a Wegmans that he's no, in. No, no, there's and, a, there, there is a Weg. Uh, there's a grocery store in PA. It's probably a single grocery store called. With the signs on the wall in the video. And it, and it says Wegmans? Yeah. Wow. And and this, by the way, this video, and it's from April. It's not recent. But, hmm. you know, it's. It's it's not a video that it, it, it's not live. It's not a live video. I, I mean, you could have whoever was staffing in that day. I'm I'm sorry, you got to fire them. Um, just dude. delete that and do another take. And, and just, then you and have then, to you have to come across as genuine. That's the key. Part. And not only that, when he goes, "This is Joe Biden's fault," and it ends, it's like, bro, you got to talk to me. You yeah. can't just be like, "Look how expensive these yeah. vegetables are at this wet." Yeah, this is this isn't Oprah. This isn't yeah. you know those old shows. You have to you have to break the fourth wall and you have to actually show a meaningful connection with the audience. And I'm not saying that'll work, but I'm saying that if you want to move in the right direction, you have to do that. And by the way, maybe go look at Doug Mastriano because he's a guy that nobody said could win and then cleaned up in the governor's primary. David Toronto says, Tim calling 38 grand a year, nothing is amazing. I could live off that. My vehicle and house are paid for though. Where I live is decently cheap too. I'm not saying 38 year, uh, 38 grand a year is nothing. I'm saying to manage a budget of $800 million in exchange for that amount of money is like, is brutal. It's brutal. I, it's a lot of responsibility and, uh, but, uh, uh, 38K is also low relative to the national uh, median anyway. And the, I think the, the, the average middle class income. But yeah, I know a lot of people who make less than that. It's, it's, it's good money depending on your job. 
It's just, man, I couldn't imagine being put in charge of such responsibility. You'd have to resist. You have to really want that job. 6431. Resist the urge of acting. 6431. 6431. <laughs> like, you got to resist the urge oh, of acting like it's your money. Because, like, if you're doing someone else's, if someone else is doing your finances, it's their finances. If you're not yeah. overseeing it. So, like, that's a big This is why in Singapore that uh, Lee Kuan Yew said that, you know, so public servants in Singapore actually make, um, they make fair market value. And the idea is that he wanted to compete with your top level um, financial jobs or what today would be like a tech job. So he wanted to compete with that. So he actually pays them enormous salaries because he wants top talent. Is it just me or does it smell like pizza? It does smell yeah, like somebody pizza. cooking. Somebody's making, making pizza or something. I know. Sense, I've been yeah. sitting all the time. I'm like, making me hungry. Yeah. Giordano's 25 minutes, yeah. By the way, where's the food? Where's the food? Yeah, yeah I know. We should have a, a, a tray we of sh- crudettes sh- out. Yeah. 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 Where's the crudite? <laughs> yeah. Where's the crudite? Crudite, yeah. We should have better prepared for the celebration. Agreed. We really should have. Yeah. Vinnery Saltori says, nothing to say. Love the show and keep up the outstanding work. Big super chat. Really appreciate it. All right. Uh, I'm going to read it because uh, it deserves to be read. Chaser says, Liz Cheney losing has left me speechless. Like Michael Knowles' book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. It's amazing how that uh, that meme is going to keep getting book sales for Michael Knowles forever. God bless him. (laughs) I'm never going to get tired of that. But if I do get tired, I'll need the best night's sleep of the whole wide world with MyPillow.com proposal. Ghost Crusader says, 50 bucks says Liz Cheney becomes the new female Republican talking head on The View. Yes. Uh, that makes sense. I actually think the the best thing you did was writing by pillow on the notepad and putting it behind you. That was one of my favorite ones. Yeah. <laughs> yes. By pillow. By pillow. By pillow. Just buy, buy the pillow and the horror will end. <laughs> okay. They would go to mypillow.com. Just buy the pillow. Okay, guys. Just, just, just buy the pillow. It's, it's a great pillow. It's not that hard. A very good thing. This is the guy that started it, by the way. It was, it was all How there. did you get involved? How did you touch your first pillow, I guess? Is <laughs> he had no idea. <laughs> All right, all right. I could go into Maybe the story, after but the show. Yeah, after the show. <laughs> after the show. 65-31. Oh, my gosh. 34 points. This is painful. 34. It's going to be amazing. We'll track it in the after show, too. Holy Closer wow. than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wow>. Closer. <laughs> Who's the 31? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Who are these Those 31? are the crossover Democrats. Yeah, those are the crossovers. Yeah, amazing. Exactly. All right. J.G. says, um, hey, everyone. I love the show. Tim, do you think civil war will prevent hot conflict with China? Or can war with China be another unifying event, creating a common enemy like 9-11? I don't really know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I think if there is a global conflict, the U.S. will probably just split. War with China is not a good idea. We don't want that. No, no, we don't want civil war either. But a lot of people thought that COVID would unite the country. <laughs> yeah, no way. <laughs> well, it made everybody crazy, so we have that in common. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Big news. So the so what we're doing with Cast Castle, which is the, the first episode went up. We got Jack Posobiec in it. I, I believe we may have some other special guests in it. We are going to be putting together like a weekly vlog, uh, but it's semi-fictional vlog. So it's like there's going to be real behind-the-scenes stuff, obviously. But the idea is just to make like a funny, silly vlog with skits like we were doing back when Seamus was here. And then we're, we're trying to ramp it up. It used to be daily, but that's an impossible schedule, and it was just uh, we we ran out of money to, to operate it, so we tried to switch the model. But the first episode is up at timcast.com, and uh, you can check that one out. Check, uh, check that show out for members. It's uh it's it's it, it's a tour of the house, an introduction to all the people who work here and the things they do with a bunch of jokes. And Jack, if you uh, like the um, 
If you want to understand the bit that he was talking about with his wagon and coming up here from Mar-a-Lago, I will not explain. Not explain. No it's but we're gonna we're gonna actually <laughs> use the YouTube channel. We're gonna put skits on the YouTube channel as a way to just do fun gags with a lot of our guests. We filmed something really awesome with Marjorie Taylor Greene, which I'm really excited for. Check that out at TimCast.com and check out the we're gonna have the Uncensored show coming up for you at 11. Smash the like button, subscribe to the channel. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Jack, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, yeah, we still got the Human Events Daily Show now on Real America's Voice every night, 10 p.m. So we are... Uh, we, we fill that gap, by the way, between when this show ends and the uncensored show starts. So when you're not watching this, you go over, you watch Human Events Daily on Real America's Voice, you check, voice, you check that out. We are powered by Turning Point USA. Turning Point USA just announced, by the way, that the America Fest tickets are on sale, Phoenix, Arizona, this December. I can't talk too much about all of the special guests and immersive experiences that will go on there. But if you go to tpsa.com, you check it out. So I where is that going to be? Do whatever you want. And where is that? Jack and I are having a conversation. Oh, I'll, just, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> this may be a Tim, really awesome we, we, Tim, Tim may be on the short list. We'll, we'll see if we can figure something out. I don't, I don't want to say too much because I don't like hyping things up before we've gone through any of the stuff like to take care of. Like, but we've got a plan for an epic. What, oh, yeah. Idea. What was the – we want, where we want, is it exactly? We want you out there. Where is the event? Phoenix. Phoenix. So okay. it's Phoenix and it's going to be the week before Christmas. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a great vacation. And we're expecting, um, last year we had, I think we had 12,000 last year. This year we're looking at 15. Wow. Yeah. All at once, sitting in that one room. Yeah. Oh man, this is going to be awesome. No, not just sitting. They're going to be partying. Partying. Sounds good to me. Swinging from the ceiling. Yeah, they do. It's a good time to be out there too, in Phoenix. Uh, If you're going to be in Phoenix, you might as well go in December. You want to shout anything out, Derek? No, I was thinking I went to Arizona State University. I like the state and it'd be a good getaway for me and my wife. Let's do it. Do it. it. Week before Christmas. I'm into it. (laughs) I love the sound of it. Hey, guys. Great to see you both always. Uh, You can follow me. Did you want to – your social media, you said people could follow you on Truth Social at Derek Harvey? Derek Harvey on Truth Social or VoteDerekHarvey.com. And you can follow me at IanCrossland.net. Get through to my social medias from there. Uh, Much love. I will see you later. Thank thank you guys all very much for tuning in with us as we celebrate the downfall of anti-Trumpism. At least the beginning of it. Hopefully the start of a red wave. You guys can follow me on TwitterMinds.com at SourPetulitz as well as SourPetulitz.me. This is just the beginning. Yes. The the midterms are coming. It's just August and we're already getting the big good news. We've gotten a bunch of great news throughout the primaries. Trump's record on endorsements is very well, despite sometimes it being Dr. Oz. But uh, I'm really excited for November, so it should be fun. Thanks for hanging out, and we will see you all over at TimCast.com. Bye, guys.